Hey everyone, welcome to Frame Trap. Middle of July, it's the summer. It's hot. It's mm. hot. It's hot. Uh, I'm here with Kyle Bossman at the end there. Hi, Bernie. Bradley Ellis. Hi. I'm your host, Ben Moore, and the question that I want to talk about with you guys is something I've been dealing with a lot. It's so hot. It's like, it's regularly where I live in Valencia, over 100 degrees. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And I can't get the air conditioning right, ever. What is going on with everyone's AC? Like, it... Mine was busted, too. This happens in the car with me as well. I, I, it's just a weird thing with temperature where <laughs> you'll get it, and you're like, oh, it's really hot, and you'll turn the AC on. And then it'll go for a little bit, and you'll have you'll have this brief period. It's kind of like a haircut, right, mm-hmm. where you get a haircut, and it's good for, like, a day, mm-hmm. and then it's not good anymore. That's what happens to me with air conditioning, where it's good for, like... 10 minutes and then it's either too cold or too hot and you fiddle with oh. it and then you get like another 10 minutes and then it goes bad mm. again <laughs> uh, i'm willing to freeze you're willing to, you're willing to freeze because you know i'm comfiest in hoodies yeah like if i can wear a hoodie on a hot summer night i'm happy so yeah i'm willing to just pump it out i am comfiest in hoodies as well but there's this i don't know if psychological is even the right word here there's this weird trick of the brain where if it's too cold because of the ac i feel like guilty for putting a hoodie on Oh, where it's like it's it's too hot outside. What am I doing? I sh- I need to turn the air down. That's the answer. No, nah, man, you gotta treat yourself. You gotta ben. treat yeah. yourself. It's you a pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. I I enjoy paying the power bill. In, yeah. in summer months. You enjoy it. Yeah. You enjoy spending more money. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy paying the power bill. It feels worth it. I see that it's a big number, and I'm like, you know what? It was worth it every yeah. second. Is Sign it just check? Yeah. Is that just coming from I want to live in a hoodie, so therefore this feels yeah. good? Like you're you're fighting nature. I hate the heat. I hate it. So you like the cold more than the heat? Yes. I hate the cold more than the heat. Mm. Yeah. I can't stand winter. Well, let him hear. Well, I would rather it's fry. It's probably a lot different in Iowa, the winter, than here. It is, man. Yeah. It's like, here, I love the winter. There are days in Iowa where you go out there, you'll freeze to death. Yeah. I don't want to live that way. Um, I do miss... You, it's not really a good hot cocoa season in California. Though. No. Or, or warm apple cider. It's not really a good time to bust that stuff out. It gets a little colder here. But. It's harder to plan that ahead. Like, yeah. you get one day randomly out of mm-hmm. nowhere, and you're like, oh, I gotta take advantage of this now. There's a couple eggnog weeks, for sure. You drink eggnog? I drink eggnog. You don't like eggnog? <laughs> no, Ben, I don't. All right, well, that's just another <laughs> weird thing for me, I guess, then. Love eggnog. I don't know if it's a weird thing for you. I think it's weird for, like, me. No, they know it's weird. At the grocery store, they know eggnog is weird. Like, that's just why it's only there for a little, little while. Weird. Yeah. Like, just okay. the name eggnog. Yeah, it's a little weird. I, I will cop to that. I don't. I still don't think taco pizza is weird. I think it's yeah. just people not knowing. <laughs> that's that's mostly what it was, but it turned into a funny right, joke. Right, it turned into a thing. But eggnog, eggnog is weird. However, like my dad, I think if your dad, there's a certain point in your life where if your dad does something and he introduces it to you, you're gonna like it. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. Oh, it feels special. For it sure. feels special, yeah. right? That happened with eggnog. You see your dad drinking tomato, and he's like, do you want some? And then you have some, and then it's not weird anymore. But if I had encountered eggnog later in life, hmm. yeah, it probably would have been a little strange. Do you guys have any summer traditions? Things like I have to do in the summer? Yeah. A lot of pool action. Nice. There's a big, like, you've seen the pool. Have you seen the pool by my house, Ben? I know you've been to my house a couple times. There's no. a huge pool, like, huge diving board right in my neighborhood. Okay, is, this is your own personal pool, or is this like a it's neighborhood? It's in the neighborhood, okay. but it's my pool. So okay. it's, we're in like a, we're in some suburbs right yeah, now. Yeah, we're in the suburbs. Okay. We've got a nice big pool. Like It's the pool that everyone in my city goes to, because it's got the two diving boards. Well, Got the high dive and the low dive. Have, do you ever go off the high dive? You bet I go off the high dive. 
Do a huge cannonball, get that lifeguard wet. <laughs> Tradition. Summer, summer fun with bread. Yeah. I like this. You got to do that kind of stuff. Got to go to the beach. I've been doing this thing where I will go down to the pool and I'll read. Like I'll just, that's, yeah, that's just a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. You might even you might even get your, your feet a little wet. Do you guys have adult pools by you or anything like that? What? Like there, You have to be a certain age to go inside them. Oh no! It's it's so in the apartment complex. It's just okay. Kind of a I gotcha. Pool I gotcha. In the hot tub. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Still jolly though. How about you, Kyle? Are you jumping off? No. It's cranking that AC, baby. I do I did not leave my apartment as much as possible during these few months? Because you just hate the heat. You just hate the heat. You hate the heat. I hate it. Understandable. Well, because you're staying inside, Kyle. Mm-hmm. You're playing video games. A lot obviously. of video games. Yeah. A lot of video games. What are you playing? I'm playing Final Fantasy 15. I've been waiting to hear about Finally. this. Finally, yes. We've been waiting years. At last. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, quick question. Oh, I yeah. guess we'll let you go into it. I was going to ask about the DLC, if you're playing those or not. No, no, no. I'll play them afterward. Cool. As somebody on Twitter was even like, you should play them at the points in the story where they would coincide. It's like, no, no, it's okay. I don't, I don't want to put up with that. I don't want to deal with it. I just installed them two nights ago. So, ready to go at yeah. some point, someday. Cool. Uh, so, a lot of people, Kyle, so, some people yeah. really like Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. A lot of people don't like Final Fantasy XV. Before we get any farther, can you summarize your experience with Final Fantasy XV as a like or a dislike, or is it too complicated? Oh, it's not complicated. Okay. <laughs> it's a strong like. Okay. So, you're you're on the, the positive it side. It is a simple, simple love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is it? What is it about Final Fantasy XV that you like? There's a lot of things. Uh... It's it was cool. I, I think about uh, episode Duskai on my drive over and how that was really good at prepping me to be prepared for this game mm-hmm. uh, in a way that I, I was ready for the way that you have to camp to get experience. You have to sleep every night. There's a day cycle. Yeah. And then that's when you get experience. And then so you you kind of segment your adventure into days. And I was ready for that and I was prepared for it. Um, I love that. I love that about this RPG. It's yeah. such an interesting RPG because of that, because that is the way you play this game. Uh, that every day and night matters is mm-hmm. such an interesting thing. And on top of that, when we talk about love and the reason why it's a game I love and more than a game that I like, I love that one of the characters, Prompto, is taking pictures all day. Mm-hmm. Just an AI taking photographs of your daily adventure, and then you look at it every night. And then I know at the end of this game, I'm going to have a really cool-looking yearbook full right. of photos, like the, the best. I pl- pluck out the best, and I'm just so excited to see those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're you're not at the end yet. I'm at chapter 12. Okay. okay. So you're getting close. And uh, I know. And I already, like, I know I, it's, it's been, what, seven, eight months since it yeah. came out? I know chapter 13 is bad. Right. I've been pretty good about not seeing any leaks or anything, but I noticed everybody hates Chapter 13, and I know Chapter 13 is one that's been patched. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they change that a little? Yeah, so I'm going to find out what's right. going on with that next. Yeah, it's. do you think it's disappointing to you? I want to get back to your impressions on the demo, but do you sure. think it's disappointing to you? You know, you were, you were waiting a long time to play this game, and now a lot of opinions have already been formed. And sometimes, to me... The, the best time to play the game is, is right up front, where I'm not comparing what I'm experiencing with what everybody's saying. I'm just comparing it with myself. And to me, that's, that's a lot of more satisfying and more, it's, it's just less distracting. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I feel more sure in my own feelings uh, because of that. So is it disappointing to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, not disappointing. Basically, Ben, I'm, 
I'm driving around in this huge environment and mm. moving the camera around and I can see everybody's expressions in the car and then everything in the environments around them as we drive by it feels like a road trip. And I have the thought, it's insane that people don't love this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Mm-hmm. This is it's it's just there's so much unique and so much good to it. Uh just the realness of this adventure, the realness of this environment. Uh, that I feel like everything really just exists, and oh man, I, I'm, I'm, it has a vision, it has a voice, and it has it, it's saying things, and it's really cool. So, what do you say to the people that say, for example, yeah, okay, you can drive around, you can do all of this stuff, you're going on this road trip, mm-hmm. but the side quests aren't any good. They're, they're not, you're not doing anything interesting, or the combat isn't difficult, or it's just a lot of open space. Do you think? That's valid, or you just, do you disagree with those claims, or do you have a different take on it? It's valid. It's valid to say there's a lot of open space. I mean, you know, I'm always a second screener, right. and there are long road trips where I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> so grateful to have that second screen. Mm-hmm. I think this game would almost be intolerable sometimes uh, not to have another screen open. That was my sure. bathroom break when you, like, set the timer for it to drive somewhere like that. Yeah, it's absolutely. The timer, like, yeah. All right, bathroom break. Mm-hmm. And then Prompto is just like, hey, I want to take a picture of somebody in particular, and you come back from your bathroom break, and you're like, Prompto! Because it pauses the trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prompto! Prompto! Did you have to? Come on, man! And it come, you come back to the screen that says, Prompto will take pictures of everyone regularly, as he normally would if you didn't have this conversation prompt. Like, thank you, have you, have thank you ever you denied Prompto when he wanted to stop and take a picture? Nope. I'll always okay. do that for Prompto. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's weird. I'm a nice guy in this game. Okay. That is very weird. Yeah, because I enjoy the adventure so much, mm-hmm. uh, there are people who are like, hey, will you pick some crops for me? Again, talking about stupid side quests that shouldn't matter. Uh, yeah, I'll drive down and pick some crops for you. I'll make that stupid trip for you. Absolutely. It's the weirdest thing, Ben. Do you think the way you're behaving in this game is not only because of the friends themselves, what you like about them, but because of Noctis? Like, do you think Noctis is a, is a good protagonist? Do you feel like you're kind of getting into his mindset or Noctis is, is that good, too much of a leap? He's a good protagonist because of the friends. I see. If this was a trip, if this is a game about Noctis driving alone everywhere, I would hate it. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, the other three are so important in making mm-hmm. it the adventure, but also making him a likable character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> I was explaining to Hubert, just I think that uh, the tent zipping up and just just having like Gladiolus go like, rise and shine, princess. Yeah. Like, that's huge. That's enormous. I don't think people realize like how big that is because it is stupid and, and simple. Right. Uh, but to have somebody say that to you, the main character, levels you. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it puts you in your, your place. And, I mean, Gladiolus is doing that the entire game up to mm-hmm. where I am at. Yeah. Uh, especially some stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think people challenging the main character who aren't villains is very important and, and interesting to see in an RPG in the, in, in the way that they do this. Um, we, you mentioned the demo and how it kind of prepared you for this game. And yeah. it's something that I didn't think about before because you're totally right. I remember when that demo came out. Just personally speaking, my own hunger for Final Fantasy XV meant that I was playing that demo way more than I would any yeah. other demo. And me too, yeah. And I just kind of got into this this rhythm of, I'm going to see everything. I'm going to cover every inch of the space. I'm going to learn about the combat as much as I can. I do think if you approach the game with that mindset, it really benefits from it. Where you just sort of, you're not always... 
you're not always trying to accomplish something. You're you're kind of just okay with just being in this world. Yeah. And I think that's a very different mindset, um, and kind of in a way atypical for a lot of JRPGs, where you are you know checking off a series of side quests mm-hmm. or trying to get a piece of gear or, or something like that. Yeah, Ben. It's like it's what it's like why they make the food look so good. Right. It's why they spent so much time making that food look so good. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make the gameplay better. It doesn't make it a better video game, but it makes me love it more. Right. Yeah, it, it, it is those things. It is those little conversations that you have uh, with the other party members. It is because the food looks so good. It is being in your car and watching them do different things when you're driving and is listening to that old Final Fantasy music. And I think it's when you, when you talk about it or when you write it down, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to convey. And at mm-hmm. the same time, I can totally understand people not being on board with that or just having completely different expectations. Yeah. Um, where I get there. Cause there are other characters that join your party as guests. Yeah. And they're great. I love the guest characters. They're yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when somebody says, man, I really wish it was more than just these guys all the time. I can understand that because the game itself gives you a compelling reason why that would be cool. However, I have to wonder Maybe the game wouldn't have worked for me so well if the focus hadn't been as intense on mm-hmm. this group of friends. Yeah. And it's like, I can't think of another JRPG, and please correct me if I'm wrong, where it it has been so focused on just the mundane aspects of these friends. Hmm. It's pretty crazy, and I think that yeah. gives the game its own special vibe. It really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For them to just be camping together, for them to be passing forward a little energy drink in the car, yeah, that's crazy. It's really mm-hmm. cool stuff uh, because he is a king, but there are enough people to say, come on, man, chill out. Right. Yeah. Uh, another complaint about Final Fantasy XV is you feel like the story is giving you enough that it's, it's connecting its plot points sufficiently or do you feel like it's kind of scattered all over the place oh i don't i'm i'm shocked at this point and you know i'm in 40 hours because mm-hmm. i think on the third chapter i spent probably 20 of those 40 hours <laughs> uh just checking off everything i could possibly do before mm-hmm. i was forced to leave this one area um uh i'm shocked by how fast the story moves yeah it's really crazy yeah and I remember, I think you and Huber and Brad all said, look, watch Kingslave ahead of time. I never did. I don't want to watch that movie. I'm not interested. Sure. Uh, I don't feel left behind. Okay. I really like you. I think you can allow yourself to feel like uh, you're missing things, mm-hmm. but most of the things aren't important. You know what I mean? I, I think that you get it. You get that these three people are the bodyguards of the king. Mm-hmm. You totally get that. Yeah, you, you get, get their this mission, this this. why they're doing that. Sure, you'll see a grave site that may have mattered more if I'd watched that movie, but mm-hmm. like, I'm okay with that. I'm I, like, it's not hard to follow at all. Uh, and when I said like this game has something to say, I don't think that thing is about light and dark like you see in a lot of Final Fantasies. I don't think it is about like hope and crystals. I think the thing this game has to say is just simply it's it's, it's good to have bros. Right. I, honestly, that's the message to me so far, and uh, it executes that well. Mm-hmm. You know, the way the, the gameplay is designed, the way that, you know, the leveling system design is all to support <laughs> that thesis of it's good to have bros. Mm-hmm. And the way that you, like, you can't swap out party members, it's just, it's, I think it's cool. It's, it's cool to have that kind of simple message to support mm-hmm. to your game. I like it. That'd be a good tagline. It's, it's good, good to have, have bros. bros. Yeah. Back of the box. Uh, let's talk about the combat. What do you think of it overall? I like it. Okay. I do. Uh, I like that 
Gosh, it's weird. Uh, I don't know if they changed magic since Dust Guy, but I like it. I like how magic is basically lock on, throw it, and it's just mm-hmm. super expendable. You, you can't do this a lot. So uh, use it uh, just once in a while. But when you do use it, it like burns up a whole circle and there's remaining embers and stuff. And when you freeze, when you just do a blizzard, there's still just snow. And, yeah. And yeah. Everybody's like shivering. Yeah, I love that it hits like your party members yeah. too. <laughs> and the monster's all crusted over with ice. I, I, I mean, visually, this game is, is notable. It's, I mean, I think a lot of the character models look bad. Uh, of the NPCs, mm-hmm. just grody grody NPCs, but environments and monsters and uh, mechanical designs are all so impressive. Mm-hmm. It's even Hammerhead, just the the first place that you're in, just the way that the buildings are designed, and just like people who care about architecture design these buildings. Right. Uh, it's just so interesting that so much of it is beautiful, and it's just this, this kind of like weird like 50s america and uh like this kind well, of road trip vibe yeah it, it feels like a road that. trip yeah like, people like us who live in america like hammerhead feels like a place i've seen in real life yeah just like out in the desert in the vat or something like that yeah uh talking about the magic it's funny because it reminds me of a, an old thanks for playing it's a show that we did at game trailers where we would discuss different topics yeah we talked about magic and i don't i don't think we did a great job of kind of crystallizing that conversation but i totally agree with you that just the way magic feels in final fantasy 15 is kind of cool in and of itself where of course you would expect it to have magic but it feels like this supernatural force it feels it feels dangerous yeah Yeah. um and i can't you there's so few rpgs like if i were to describe a fantasy rpg to you and i would say oh you can describe magic you wouldn't bat an eye it would just be expected it would just be a a thing that you would do that would cost a resource and certain things would be weak to it and certain things would not and i I don't think we see enough of that i don't think we see enough of wait we have this world where there's magic Let's make that feel cool. I mm-hmm. think that is an incredible Yeah, they do a jo- good job of that because yeah. not a lot of people can use it. I think he's right. the only one that can use it in the whole party. Or, or like, no way, or dude, like no. Ignis is like oh, a, yeah, a you're magic right. But master. it's like not a lot of people can use magic in the game. You just you saying Ignis, my mind immediately flashes to those bro attacks that you can do. Mm-hmm. Where uh, like he'll flip you the daggers or the he'll do one? the fist buff with Gladio. Right, right, right. And... Again, it's just another one of those things where you go, it's good to have bros. It's good to that have bros. felt cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, do, I get the, the combat system simple, by the way. Yeah. I get that. And it's circle to attack and square to block. I get that. That's very, very simple, but I don't mind that at all. What do you think about the way it sort of deals with getting knocked out, where you sort of have that down state where they can come over and revive you or you can revive your friends? Uh is that fine? Do you not? Do you I've not never been close to a game over. Okay. I, I've, well, I got a little close. Uh, I went in a temple I probably shouldn't have been in, but uh, I've never, I've never been close to a game over, and I'm okay with that. Basically, I, I feel like I'm being rewarded for the time that I spent in the game. Uh-huh. It, there are hard parts, and they're just like, okay, I'll come back later. Uh, and so I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that in an RPG yeah. for sure. Um, sorry, when I was thinking about magic, I was thinking of how cool the summons are. Yes. Uh, again. Uh, if magic feels like an event, uh, summons is a holiday. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've summoned Ramu in my 40 hours five times, mm-hmm. and that's it. I haven't summoned anyone else. I have no idea how to get Titan out. I have no idea how to get anyone else. Um, I, I, whatever. You will, no spoilers. But uh, uh, it's cool. 
it's an it is an event when you summon somebody. Yeah. And it just feels so cool. It feels mm-hmm. like an otherworldly magic is dropping down in on this thing. And uh, I mean, that's what I loved about that demo. That's what I was uh, had my jaw dropped at the end of Dust Sky, and uh, it just paid off. It's just so impressive. Right. There's so much technically impressive about this game. Yeah, and again, it's sort of that that effect that it has on the world around you because you think about so many other Final Fantasy games where you'll summon something and it will do something very grandiose, but then you'll just be back at the same battle screen and you'll get out of it and the world is the same. It yeah, was, it was as if this giant creature never came about. And so yeah, that is. Uh, that is really cool. Brad, it's been a while since you finished Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. It was a game that uh, I remember you finished it and you messaged me and mm-hmm. you had very excited thoughts mm-hmm. and you know we had a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. A lot has come out. A lot has come and gone since Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. Do you ever feel the urge to revisit it? Have your thoughts changed on it at all? Uh, I feel like revisiting it if there's a PC port eventually. Sure. With all the DLC. Dude, I hope so. Yeah, because that game, I mean... It runs fine, but it doesn't run great. I'd love to see a version where the hair isn't pixels. Yes. I would love to see a version where the hair doesn't do that thing. Yeah. I mean, I have some complaints with 15. Sure. I do like 15 a lot, though. Yeah. I really like it. I think you and me kind of stood on the same kind of area when we both finished it. Yeah. A lot of my concerns are with it is just kind of the how everything kind of feels rushed at a point in the game like sure. that, I feel like. Uh, some of the boss fights, I would say, are pretty bad. I remember several encounters where it was just like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. This is Dude, bad. How good is invading enemy bases? It, oh. it was okay. cool. <laughs> right. No. I mean, it's, it's okay. It I'm was curious cool. what Brad's going to say. For me, it was cool, maybe like the first time or second time. Uh-huh. Then I just kind of got sick of it. Okay. Like, it's that kind of thing with Ground Zeroes to me. Like, invading a base in Ground Zeroes was cool. Then I just kind of got sick of doing all that stuff. Just the repetition kind of got annoying for me. Uh... 15 has some really cool stuff, and some of it you don't see. I would say the main story doesn't show you a lot of the really cool stuff. Like, some of my favorite things aren't in that. Yeah, uh, it's something that I, I like quite a bit, where the abs- the, the most mm-hmm. elaborate, craziest thing in that game, you don't get any trophies mm-hmm. for, the main story doesn't point you in that direction at all. Like, you really have to go out of your way to see it. And Kyle, I encourage you mm-hmm. to go... Find this dungeon once you're done with I it. Just, it's, I wish it's there was more really stuff awesome. like that in the main game. Sure. So I found a dungeon. I'm trying to. I'm trying not to do spoilers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just say there were red iron giants in there because mm-hmm. there's iron giants in the game. There yeah. were some red iron giants. Do you know this, which temple I'm talking about? Yes, I have a, a feeling I remember. Is that the one, or is there one like crazier than that one? Um, there's a there's a thing that you need that you yeah. can't get yet. Oh, okay. That will right. allow you cool, to, cool, cool. to get there. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, yeah, I love it. I've been loving my time with it. It's been a perfect pat post E3 game. Great, and, yeah. Uh, I just, it's crazy to me. Do you it, think you're going to immediately dive into the DLC, give yourself a break? I'll probably immediately dive into okay. that DLC. Do you have any interest in those episodes, Brad? Yeah, yeah. I want to I play them when they're all out, though. Okay. That's when I want to go back to it. But yeah, I definitely... I mean, I love the characters in that game. Love mm-hmm. that cast. Yeah. Like, that's the strength of the game to me is that core group of friends or the brotherhood thing they throw around a lot. Yeah. So get more content because there's a couple moments you know in the game where you're like, we're, we're, what happened? Mm-hmm. But this will hopefully fill in the holes. <laughs> I think that's kind of cheap. Yeah, I mean it's just like, just like what? I, I need to take care of something, and he shows yeah. up later. And is like, hey, you have a scar now. Yep. Yeah. By yeah the don't DLC. worry about it. <laughs> it's like all right. It's like cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird. Uh, we've had this conversation with Metal Gear Solid Five, and I think you can absolutely have it with Final Fantasy Fifteen, where it's it's hard to argue that there aren't parts of these games that don't feel complete. Yeah. But in, yes. In both instances, 
like in both of them I I will still defend them and I think there is mm-hmm. so much good there mm-hmm. in spite of the missing pieces uh, where they're, they're sort of weird cases where they're doing enough that is new and unique that works that the areas that they traditionally nail that they don't hear are kind of lessened because of those new things and a lot of people disagree with that and I think I can sympathize because Final Fantasy XV is a game that took a long time to come out. Especially what mm. we saw of the game yeah. before, too. Yeah. That's not in the game. I, right. And I do think of it while I play it. I think of what's Tabata and what is ahead of that, what was before that. And it does feel like there's different things going on. <sighs> right. It's just one of them. I mean, I love the game. Mm-hmm. I just wish we got the invasion at the beginning of the sure. game that was supposed to, that turned into the movie. That turned into the movie. I think that would have helped strengthen the case for some right. moments of the game, too. Right, I mean, I think... That I want to talk about. Like Metal Gear Solid Five, it is a game that screams, hey, this is what we want to do, and they totally believed in that, and then that had to change yeah. multiple mm-hmm. times. I honestly think, though, I like this game better than I would have liked Versus 13. Okay. Explain that. I don't think Versus 13 was about how, like, it's good to have bros. What do you think Versus 13? Uh, well, they're the only characters in the game, though, too. Were they then? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I watched gameplay clips of it. You could actually just play as them, though, too. Where it was just Noctis, yeah. I mean, there probably was segments, because there was the whole thing, I think as a scrap storyline, about, like, the dreams, kind of Noctis and his dreams, stuff like that. You remember, like, the demo they released a long time ago? No. Where you're the kid? The oh, Noctis yeah. Kid, like, that's yeah, yeah. in a dream. I, I think, think there was going to be more stuff like that yeah. in the game. Yeah. You might have been Noctis alone, but it was always those four together. Really? Okay. Except you could just play as them. Weird. But, um, I mean, it didn't work out. Wouldn't feel right. You can't be prompto. I would really like to have you <laughs> back in the show pretty soon once you, once you finish it because yeah, yeah. I, I do think, and, and this is why we, we try as much as we possibly humanly can to finish games before we review them, uh, the ending of that game oh. definitely shapes your opinion. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Uh, okay. It is, it is a necessary component, I think, to, Absolutely. Have, to have a complete, complete feeling on conversation. that. Conversation, sure. Um, it's a question that I've asked others and I want to ask you because you seem pretty attached to this style of game what would you want Final Fantasy 16 to look like? Oh man, no, nothing like this. Yeah, yeah, nothing like mm-hmm. this. That's the best answer. Yeah. Uh, I forget what it was called. What's that weird demo called? Oh yeah, with the girl. Yeah. With the magic. Yeah, I forgot what that's called. Uh, Agni's philosophy. That's well it. Done, yeah, ben. nice yeah, job, yeah, yeah. Ben. Th- I'd be cool that, with that. I think that's right. That's right? Sound, that sounds okay. very Agnes right. Philosophy. Yeah, I'd be cool with Agni's philosophy. I'd be cool with that. I'd I'd be cool. With anything that's not this. Yeah, I'm cool with whatever kind of they want to do. I mean, yeah, I'd, I don't want 15 again, mm-hmm. definitely. I don't want 15 too. Right. I want something brand new. That's a... The concept is so well pulled off. The, the, it was so, it was sounded so stupid when you see the words in a trailer that says a fantasy based off reality. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that first dungeon and it's just kind of like an old creepy bunker mm-hmm. and you're in a Final Fantasy game and there's gremlins in here that you're right. attacking, just the way that those... Those two visions coincide. Uh, it's so cool. Like the the cup of ramen and stuff like that. How yeah. it all fits into that world somehow so mm-hmm. well. Yeah. You're going to a diner. Yeah, to going get to hunts. a diner. Go yeah. play a pinball game. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. Cool. I'm glad you like it, dude. Glad yeah. you're enjoying it. It might be one of my favorite RPGs ever. Whoa. Wow. Dead serious. Damn. It's hard for me to say something like that just because, like, even on something like Persona 5, where I, I, I have, like, no reservations. It's like, no, I just, I just absolutely love this. It's hard for me to say that because I feel like things change so much, mm-hmm. and the importance of things 
at the time is like there are games that I've played where I'm like I'm going to love this forever and then five years later it's like yeah that was cool but yeah. you just yeah I don't know no I, I see what you're saying I agree 100% Doubt with you yourself in the moment uh, Kyle what else have you been playing Crash Bandicoot Crash Bandicoot Ooh. the yes. insane trilogy mm-hmm, the yeah. insane trilogy are you playing all of them no uh, nope uh, this will you know what this will prime the conversation well because I think we all got stuff to say about Crash Bandicoot yes uh, played Crash 1 uh, was playing it up till the last part, that last island, uh, and there's the thing where it's like, hey, uh, the only way to get this item is to play through this level without dying. And I've done that many times before, but at that point, deep into Crash 1, I said, nope, no thank you, I'm out. Moved on to Crash 2. Got to a certain point in Crash 2 where it's like, hey, you just gotta get to this point without dying. And I said, okay, <laughs> Crash 2, I'm out, I'm done. You're too hard. Sure. I don't wanna, cause that's, I mean, it's on me. Obviously, I could play through the game and get the bad ending, but I just hate the idea. Oh, of that. is that what it's mm-hmm. for? Like, yeah, you different get the ending. You get the proper ending if what? you get all of the crystals. Uh, and so then I moved on to Crash Three, and Crash Three is a good video game. Crash Three is my favorite. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I would also argue that Crash Three is the easiest. It is. It's absolutely the easiest, but not. It just doesn't have the cheapness that Crash One has. Define that. What is cheapness in Crash? I got some moments for you. Okay, okay for bring Kyle. it on, Brad. Here we go. <laughs> it's a cheap moments. game. Like people are like, it's Dark Souls. It's hard. It's cheap. This right. is cheap. Um, so it's cheap and nasty. It hates you. I've been playing through Crash One. I missed Crash Bandicoot when they came out, mm-hmm. so I never played them. This is my first time going through them, Ben. Mm-hmm. So there's been <laughs> there's been like some several moments where something works in one instance and it does not work yep. in another instance. I. Exactly. So, for one example, is there is this bonus uh, platform that you get? You know, you collect the heads, like three faces. I don't know who it is exactly. His girlfriend? Is it his girlfriend? I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it might be his girlfriend. I don't know. But <laughs> you get three, then like the bonus thing opens up in the stage. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Throughout the game, I just been able to um, walk onto them, but in this one stage, when I walk, when I just walked on it, he just died. I was like, what? And uh, I was streaming at this point. You People, walked onto it. So, like, like, let's say this is the bonus platform, Ben. I yes. just, like, in, throughout the game, I've just been able to walk on it. Yeah, 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 But in this instance, when I walked on it, it just goes, whoop. It's worth, Brad, it's worth mentioning there's a big pillar blocking yeah, you the cannot gap. See you can't see it that well, Ben. You it's can't like see obstructing your there. view. <laughs> so there's a gap right there. I'm like, I, there's no way I would have known but about like, that. Those bridge levels aren't fun. Dude, the bridge levels. They're level. not fun. The bridge, bridge levels, levels are, are the worst. Yeah. Yes. There's nothing, like, very interesting about doing this other than it's hard, but mm. just, like, there's this hog that's able to run over the invisible... You can't kill it for some reason. Yeah, You'll kill every other animal in the game, and he doesn't look like a huge, big monster or anything fact, like that. we're able to ride a very similar hog earlier just by jumping on his back, but this yeah. one kills us from jumping like on his back know. just because... The just rules because are we want to make it hard. It doesn't feel consistent, the yeah. rules of that game. Yeah. Uh, the turtles, to me, have been... Very aggravating. Oh, yeah. well. I struggled hard because with the, turtles. the the frame of of I don't know what their hit frames are. On right, turtles. exactly, yeah. exactly. And so with these turtles, for those of you who aren't familiar, you can you can jump on them and the turtles flip over back on their shells. Yeah, and then you can jump on their soft underbellies and bounce up. Yeah, but you 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 jump on the turtle and you're like, I am clearly my feet went through that turtle and I did not jump on it. Yeah, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You have to be more to the center than it seems like. And it gets, it just gets very strange. Uh, is lot, it? 
a lot of weird hitboxes in that game too. Yeah, there have been times where the, the shield guys as well, where uh, they'll they'll kind of bounce you around. They have this big giant shield, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to jump up above them. Oh, those jump shield on the guys! You got to be kidding me! Them. You got to be kidding me! There have been times where they've bounced me, and it's just like the game freaks out, mm-hmm. and it, I don't I don't bounce like I normally do. I'll just go in a weird <laughs> direction. Just wants to kill you. So, so the, but, here, but I want to say this. Yeah. Before we go any farther. Yeah. But I mean this. This isn't. This is it's not backpedaling here. I really, in spite of all these frustrations, I'm still having a good time. Me That's a weird thing, too. Ben. That's I'm a weird still thing. We're all having time. fun, but I'm like going like this when I'm playing the game the whole yeah. time. Like what? What? I don't hate this game. No. So if we no, all no, no, acknowledge no. that we don't hate this game and feel like we have very real concerns about it, why? Why do we keep playing? I don't know. And it's the other thing. Here's another thing about this, Ben: is name two good enemy designs. All the enemies are just butt ugly and bland. There's not one good looking enemy. It's like some turtles. There's like a, a yeah, but a they all look bad. Thing, yeah. The crabs, they just, a monkey, they just maybe look bad. I hate those monkeys. Obviously, uh, I, so the, yes, boring enemies. But I like what you can do to them. Every time, every single time, I knock an enemy into another enemy, and I get a little fruit as a reward. That just feels good. I like good sound spin- effect too. I like right. Yeah, I like spinning things and crashing things. Um. Right. And I think I think that's it. I think yeah. that's that's what why I'm still playing this trilogy is there are times where I feel like the game just doesn't work or there are those inconsistencies, there's those moments of frustrations. Yeah. But when it is working, getting that mask, hearing that sound, <laughs> jumping on things, spinning on things, getting all the fruit, doing the boop, 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 getting all of that, it feels good. Mm-hmm. It's worth it for those moments. Yeah, it's fun. Um I think of, I just, uh, you're right. There are things that I like and, and right. that, I, that, I, uh, that I put time into. And I and the music. The <laughs> music's pretty good. Here's the thing that I really like, though. And it's seeing the evolution, the changes between Crash Bandicoot That's and Crash 3. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Because Crash 3 is good. If, you, if you're frustrated by those first two games, I would just recommend putting them so, aside. So 3 is the best one? 3 is actually the three best is, one. 3 is my favorite one. It's usually 2 that's usually the best. Yeah, I those people like. are just wrong. Oh, okay. That's just wrong. Jeez, like, okay. 3 is actually the best game, and, and you can feasibly 100% that game. Uh, what I, really, I love that you finish a boss and you're rewarded with a new move. Mm-hmm. That kind of, like, it's simple. It's a stupid progression. Cool. Yeah, but I love that. I, I cool. love a, a reward for finishing this boss fight, and then you can go back and play other levels, and then you have a little advantage over those. You were talking about the the enemy design in Crash One and how it was kind of boring. Yeah, um, I think that is a strength of Crash Three. I think it uses that time traveling warp stuff to its advantage, where you are getting much more interesting locales, much mm. more interesting enemies, and there's just more variety as a whole. But it's still a lot of just like scientists. It's like okay, yeah, you're you're in like a just like an ancient Arabian city now, but it's like why are there why are there scientists? Why are those the enemies? Yeah, they like really thought those scientists were iconic. Those circular glassed glasses. PS one, different era. No, <laughs> a lack of creativity on I, the enemy I can't, really, I can't really challenge you on this. Yeah. I need to go. I need to go play. Some There's Crash one cool looking enemy, and it's a sick robot who shoots rockets at you in Crash cool. Three. Love that guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Really cool boss fights in Crash Three. Uh, some good stuff. Um, a lot of the levels in Crash One feel the same. Is yeah, that right dude. to say? Like yeah, I've run no, through like totally this fair, jungle dude. with ruins. Like every level, I feel like. Yeah. 
You just did the, you uh, did the bridge twice. I went to a different island. Yeah. And I was like, okay, a little different locales. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. It's the same. Yeah. Like, what? And here's like a slightly different thing with it. So it's 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 not like an evolution. It's not like a Super Mario World-esque evolution yeah. of concepts. It's really just like, yeah. we're just doing that level again, a little harder this time. So I've played Crash 1 yeah. more than I've played 2 and 3 on the trilogy so yeah. far. Even though I like it less than the other two games. I think part of it is because of the bullshit. Uh-oh. And I'm not I'm not necessarily arguing in favor of it, but I think when you run into something, what is the name of that there's like one bridge level in Crash 1 that oh, is God. just the the, the I forgot worst. what it's called. It is nightmare. Ben, I was stuck on that for yeah. like 35 minutes. Yeah, you you lose moment. like 30 lives in that level Yeah, I had like 3 yeah, game yeah. overs. <laughs> and uh I haven't even I haven't even I've not even gotten to this level, but I've just seen people do it. Yeah. And it's been fascinating to watch because there's just something, not for everybody, but for me, just conquering the bullshit. Yeah. Where you almost... Oh, no. I, I love that feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Dude, when a, I beat that level, feeling. I just got up and walked away. Uh-huh. Uh, I would recommend getting good at walking along the rope. Yeah, I, I did a little of that. Yeah, little yeah. cheese action. I, if you can get good at that. And I mean, I think that's there intentionally, honestly. But even the rope is like, if you're not centered on the rope, you will fall mm-hmm. off if you hold Absolutely. forward. It's so nasty. It's so, so nasty. Here's another reason why I think the game hates you in Crash 1. Is you finish a level, and it's like, you finished a level, but you missed 25 boxes. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's no way to get those boxes because I can't get the crystal that I get way after this level. So you're insulting <laughs> me. You're hitting me with 25 boxes I couldn't possibly get. I'm, I'm just, It's mean. It's like straight up mean. It's and, the game just being like, eh. It's doing that to you instead of congratulating you yeah. for being the level. She's like, eh. You're not done yet, though. Yeah. Do you think that's, that's the game hating you outright or is it a product of its time because I mean if you go back and you look at the advertisements for Crash Bandicoot yeah there was very much a we're cooler than the other guys attitude that it was trying to cultivate and so do you think it just kind of fit into the persona of Crash at that time Uh, I think they're just trying to give the game a little more legs yeah just make it last Mm. longer that's all I I think I think it's a short game that they wanted to make longer yeah yeah sure I buy that I buy that argument. And so that's why they put those crystals way far back, and so mm-hmm. you have to come back and play through them way later. They don't want you to get all the boxes on your first run through. They don't want you to get the time trials on your first run through. Replay that. So this is a game. This is a game that you think hates you, Kyle Bossman. Yeah. You're playing Crash Bandicoot three. You're having a good time. Yeah. The best time out of the three. Yeah. Once you finish, are you going to 100 Crash three? Well, it's I did. I have 100 percent of Crash three. Okay. Nice. Dude. Nice. And yeah. now are you done? I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So you're not going back. There's... Worth 40 bucks. That thing was worth it. Okay. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's really well done, especially. Yeah. yeah. It looks really good. A lot of people are excited about Crash. You 100 percent of Crash three. We're all playing it. Yeah. Do you want to see more Crash? What does that look like? Who makes it? Uh, Vicarious Visions made this. I think they just let him go. They earned. They earned. They earned it. Yep. Let him go. Uh, I think that, despite how I hate Crash 1, it, Crash 3 does really cool like temple levels. I think the perspective of Crash is actually very interesting and unique still today. Like the running from the boulder and stuff like that? And even when it's behind him, just mm-hmm. the way that it's tight, you feel like you are in this environment because it is so tight in on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something to that. I think that can be continued, but... I don't think a straight-up Crash 4 with the same mechanics of Crash 3 could be success today. Uh, it's interesting that you talk about the perspective because my least favorite levels are actually the, the 2D ones. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I think for that is is because you have those moments where you'll like, you're, 
you're going front to back, but you have this character that can move in a 3D space, and so it's almost like a like a little big planet kind of thing. Yes. Where I don't enjoy going into the background or coming out into the foreground. I just would rather have it be a strictly 2D game instead of this weird nonce in between stuff. And Impossible I feel like, with an analog stick. Just right. Don't do it. Yeah. I, I feel like Crash was designed for those running into or away from uh, the screen, and it just it, it feels like that that. That's how the game was supposed to control, and it's something else. It's like you're grafting it on to a different game in a way that doesn't feel quite right to me. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it's like you're not Mega Man, bud. Right. And it's like yes, we are. And it's like no, you have you're you're, you're bad at this this part. <laughs> right. You're bad. <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah. No, you're bad. It's like oh my god. It's I'm moving on. I'm going to Crash Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people like to complain about the Hogging Crash One, yeah. but I think. You know, again, mm. kind of stretching out that game. You, they, you could see like, okay, we, we need to do the level this way for variety's sake. Yeah. And I feel like they answer that in Crash Three a little bit better. I actually really like the vehicle sections in Crash Three. Oh yeah, me too. A lot. Um, and I think that's how you do it, where you just sort of take that idea and just play around with it rather than shifting perspective like that. But, yeah. Yeah. Anything else we want to say about Crash? Um, it's been a struggle going through it. Yeah. Some real uh, moments, real low lows, but some real high highs mm-hmm. beating those levels. Uh, I want to continue through the trilogy since I never played them, and I'd like to see the evolution of so this where. This is your first time playing yeah, Crash I've ever. Never, yeah. Okay. Like I played the like the demo that came on PS One discs a long time ago. That mm-hmm. was about it. Like running from a boulder or yeah. something. That's all I knew about Crash. But I'm curious to see where it goes like that. I think it's pretty solid. I can understand why it has such a following, cult following. But uh, yeah, I'm just to see where it goes. Kyle, hit me with something else. Hit me with something only Kyle Bossby can. Yeah. You know my policy of, on Frame Trap. Yeah. I want to bring a VR game every time. Ben, I actually got two. I'm going to cover the first one real quick. Okay. Because that's the nature of it. All right. Spider-Man Homecoming, the VR experience is... Uh, that's a title. It's too short to be an experience even. I don't even know what that was. Uh, <laughs> you're on top of a city. You, you put the suit on. You shoot some web at some stuff. You climb to a tower, vulture attacks, you clean up the tower, game over. Wait, you clean up the tower? Yeah. What you, do you mean? It's actually the only cool part of it. You kind of like pull your webbing and kind of just like, it's like a crane that had fallen down. Sorry, it's a crane, like a construction crane. Oh, that's like, what, I thought you like meant like vulture like throws paint all over the tower and he scrubs it clean or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, I was sorry. very confused. Yeah, yeah, that's confusing. Yeah. It's weird, Ben. It's weird. Like they have a button for switching webbing, but like you never use it because you never actually play a video game. You never, you're never prompted to switch webbing and so uh it's stupid it's just uh, an ad <laughs> yeah but i expected the, i mean the ghostbusters thing had more to do in it than I this see. thing did and so weird weird that they would even put out that product it was a very expensive i'm positive but if you're going to spend the money spend a little more to make it a thing can we can we talk about these vr ads yeah uh how effective do you think they are i mean is, is really the appeal taking it to sort of public places and and just sort of the like, oh, it's VR. I downloaded one for the Air Force that I've actually not played yet. Yeah. Where it's a free thing where it's just like, you're a parachuter. Uh, yeah. Ben, I'm so on board with these things. Right. I would actually be super on board with Spider-Man if it was about exploring. If it was about just being in this environment, spend as long as you want in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I kind of liked about the Ghostbusters thing, actually, is that you're in uh, the environment that that movie takes place Are in. Are these free? Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Oh. Ghostbusters I spent money on. Oh, okay. Spider-Man was free. Do you think uh, part of the reason you're so on board with them is sort of the the, the unknown factor? Where I, I 
as somebody who plays a lot of video games, all of us play a lot of video games, yeah. you can kind of just spot a bad game, right? Where you, you look at it, you see a trailer, and you go, that looks no fun at all. Yeah. Uh, just through sheer experience. Whereas with VR, I don't know when I play a VR game what it's going to be like. Most, I mean, that's not universally true. Yeah. Right? Where yeah. it feels more like an open space. Do you think that's part of it? You're right. I'm willing to try way worse games because they're in VR. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm sorry that wasn't very good. Movie, by the way, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, so the game I want to talk about is called Static. That's with a K. Okay. And this is a uh, PSVR game that I think for now is only on PSVR. And it kind of, it only makes sense on PSVR right now. It's really cool. So uh, <laughs> I feel like a lot of games do this uh, post portal is like, hey, each level is a test that we're doing. It's like, fine, I get it. Um, uh, so each level is a test. Uh, basically, your hands are trapped inside of a puzzle box. So just imagine like there's a shoe box with two holes in it. Your hands are in there and they're trapped in there. Mm-hmm. And so each level is a different shoe box that you move around in front of your eyes. But that's what's cool is basically you pretend that inside of that shoe box you are holding a PS4 controller uh, because each button, uh, face button, analog sticks, triggers, D-pad, uh, uh, correlates with something on that's mechanically happening on this box. And so... And you know, I, I love like mechanical things that like interact with each other and like slide in and lock in and unlock, especially, you know, I love unlocking things mechanically. Yeah. And so just to have this thing right in your face and you control the puzzle box around one to one as if it was right in front of your face and you can look into it when you want to and kind of look back and look around the environment. Lots of environmental clues about as to what you're supposed to do with this box it's all really cool. It's all very, very cool. That is a that is a pretty clever idea. Uh, how long are you spending solving each of these boxes? Mm, I think there are, uh, I'm going to guess, eight or nine boxes, and mm-hmm. I think I spent probably two and a half to three hours playing this game. Okay. So you're never stuck for long. Uh, the one time I was stuck, it was like a riddle. And it's like, oh, that wasn't actually a riddle. That was just a, mm, like an SAT question. I got it. Uh, oh. <laughs> thought, I thought it was a riddle. I'm like, oh, I hate riddles. And that like blocked me up. And it's like, oh, this is just simple. That'd be my hint to you, chat. Think of the SATs as opposed to riddles. With games like this, Audience. where it, it's so focused on the the puzzle itself, right? There isn't there isn't really a broader story going on here, right? There is. There is? Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. tell me about that. So you get hints of it. Uh, from opening dialogue, there's a so basically there is a a man uh, who's taking notes the entire time, and he'll sigh as you're taking too long. Uh, he'll be very condescending. I mean, you know, he's he's Gladys, uh, uh, but um, his face is blurred out, so it's kind of like an eerie thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he in between levels will be leaving voicemails, and you pick up on clues. It, honestly, in this one case, the story was not what was driving me through. The story, uh, the thing that drove me was I want to see what cool next like box, next puzzle I get to solve. So because you were so excited about the puzzles, were you having kind of that thing where the story was going on? And you were just like, yeah, 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 move me on. Like, like, let's get to the next thing. It wasn't that bad because okay. it's not intrusive. It, okay. it, it is, it's not like... It's a, just sort of happening in the background. Yeah, and okay. it's happening in the background while you're solving other puzzles in between. So it's cool. So you have this box. We're trying to figure things out. Visually, what's going on around you? Uh, beyond the GLaDOS guy? Uh, it's a pretty well-realized lab. Uh, okay. And 
it's cool. There's a kitchen and there's this room and that room and like this, uh, the monitoring room and the room that you start off in with a little like uh, surgical table and things like that. And you move around from things, but in that each puzzle takes place in a different room. You start, you sort of start to like get a realization of this floor of this building. And, uh, that's kind of interesting. I love that kind of contextual thing where, uh, that sign that I, that poster that I saw in the first level is, oh, I'm in that room now. Mm -hmm. And oh, that poster is part of this puzzle. And like, that's the kind of thing is really, really cool. Uh, and they even hide clues to things that you don't even need to know. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I really like the environment. And so, yeah, I guess the context of it is still important to me. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why I like it so much, but the story itself and the way it unravels is a driving factor. How much is it? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Yep. Worth it? Worth it? Yeah. I mean, Hesitate, we get asked yeah. that a lot. We get asked, is VR worth it? Right. And yeah, you're spending more for a VR game than you would be, like, this would not be a $20 regular game. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, absolutely, yeah. Cool. That's a game I've never played before. Brad, is this a game you would play? Yeah, I'd try it. Yeah. I like puzzle kind of games like that. Sounds fun. And in VR, sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything sounds cooler in VR, especially because I don't do VR that much, so it seems kind of interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't hear I don't hear you talk about VR that much, so I guess I don't really know your current opinions on VR, Brad. Uh, I like VR. I think mm. it's really awesome. There's just no killer app for me yet mm. where I needed to buy it. I mean, Dino Frontier is the closest right now because Dino Frontier yeah, is baby. incredible. Yeah, baby. Love Dino Frontier. I feel like we need to have a Dino Frontier release celebration. Oh, hell yeah. yeah we should. Like, that's what I'd buy a VR for. Mm-hmm. But like I like all these like weird ideas that I'm hearing about, like yeah. in VR because it's it's like a new frontier for us. Everything's way cooler in it because it's so new to us and everything like that. So doing something that might not be fun in a normal game is fun in VR. Like because I don't know if this sounds very fun with like a controller. Is it the VR that really makes it for you? Yeah, dude. It just uh, it's why they're they're allowed to make such an intricate little box. Yeah, totally. Is because it because would you can be do a little stuff more in this that you can't usually do in other. Yeah. forms of video and games. there would have to be button prompts there are no button prompts you figure out what yeah that's great which i love button that does what just because you can see it mm-hmm. i was listening to the a4 play podcast and there's somebody on there talking about uh, four point and it, it was funny kind of listening to him speak about it because so much of it sounded like like this game would be not boring but just not impressive if it was not in VR that's mm-hmm. totally true just a super and that's totally standard true yeah. for and shooter where you're shooting bugs yeah and but then he you know you add that VR element and it completely changed where it was something that he couldn't stop playing and yeah. to me that that shift that that whole new thing it's it I, mm-hmm. I want to feel that now yeah I, I want to like you get behind cover in so many games, but I think if, when it's you looking down, it, it changes it. And so mm-hmm. you can't, it's not, it's such a hard thing to talk about. And re- I think anything that is hard to talk about, that's hard to convince somebody about yeah. with words is, is interesting. It reminds me of playing like a shooter game mm-hmm. with a controller compared to a light gun. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me. Like it's whatever with like a, like when you have the cursor on the screen or something like that. Oh, that right. But when you're playing yeah. Time Crisis in the arcade, yeah. actually aiming and like pushing the button to cover and the kickback on the gun. Oh yeah. Really helps sell it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, Brad, it's funny that you bring that up because I bought Time Crisis 2 for the PS2 because <laughs> I love Time Crisis 2 so much in the arcade. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a lot of money. I got it as a Christmas gift. It came with the gun con. Oh, okay. And not long after I got that game and hurriedly unwrapped it, I I just you just run through it, right? yeah. Because you can just continue. It's like mean, a half hour game, right? Yeah. I had right. Time Crisis One on PS One, right? With the gun too, and it's just it. 
It was not the same. Yeah, you it's not needed the same. that very specific. For, setup. Well, for Time Crisis specifically, it was not having the foot pedal. Or the, that, the like, recoil in the gun. Yeah, like, because, mm-hmm. like, for the version I had, Time Crisis, it had just a button on the gun. Sure. So you just, like, hold the gun like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this isn't the same. No, it's not the same. It's a. Not the same. Brad. Hold on, I just had a weird memory. Yes. Must be shared. Must be shared. Uh, it was like watching like a news segment, and like there was an arcade pro, and it was like, there's a lot of games that ask you to point off screen to reload. Let me show you a trick. If you hold the gun with two hands and cover your your pointer finger over the gun's barrel, you'll reload automatically. <laughs> and like, now back to you. And it's like Channel 34 News, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. Thanks, Tom. Wait, Thank you, Tom. <laughs> date, date this. Oh, Ben, I can't. I'm going to say, like, 95? Yeah, okay. that sounds right. And the arcades were hot here. Yeah, and, like, this guy was had a segment where he gave arcade tips, and, like, he was really proud of that one. And, Save your quarters. And so that's how I play, too. I, I have one finger to cover the uh, the barrel of the gun. From that guy. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, you don't have to but shoot like, off screen. That, like, ruins the immersion for me. Really? Like, just shoot I would, off screen? Like, I'm not... Oh, I always do the down thing oh, when okay, I reload. I but, like, okay, that's cool. I'm just like, because I picture myself in that scenario, me just like plugging the barrel of the gun, <laughs> just like to reload. Yeah, it's true. Never do that with a real gun. When you were doing this, when you were covering yeah. the barrel of your gun, did anybody yeah. ever come up to you and go, what are you doing? And then you sparked a conversation. Yeah, I was like, that? yeah, you don't actually, you don't have to shoot off screen. Oh, see, it's like the lights in the Yeah, game. yeah. Never, tell, never probably ever told a soul where I learned it. Right. Yeah. But that you were... You were the cool kid in the arcade. You yeah. had the hot tips. That was before the internet, man. Yeah. So hot tips are hard to come around. I, boy, not not to wax too much nostalgic here, but I still, it doesn't happen anymore. I was just in an arcade a couple of days ago, and there were a couple of people playing DDR, but they were just doing their own thing. No one was around them. Cool. But man, back in the day when DDR was just the hottest thing in the world, you would have seas of people just mm-hmm. watching somebody play mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And... Because of that, because you could definitely tell that some people liked the attention, it would just get crazier and crazier. It's like, oh, okay, this week, you know, that was impressive that the guy played it on hard. Well, now this guy's playing it on hard and he's doing both both mats. Or, like, he's, you know, I don't know, doing it backwards or something. And just sort of, when you add that human element, what it did to players was... Man, our kids were... So cool back in the day. The best. Like, you remember when a fighting game would come out? Yeah. And everyone would be there. Like, I remember when uh, Mortal Kombat 3, I think, came out. Right. At my arcade. And just people surrounding it, waiting to hopefully see a fatality or something like that. You're right. right. <laughs> and <laughs> another You're thing. Just cranking and mashing, hoping to get a You're fatality like, oh. out. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, and then you would. The misinformation was good, too. Yeah. Because you would have people telling you how to do a fatality that just totally wasn't right. Yeah. And, and then you would get mad about that and it would create its own story. Yeah, oh yeah. But another just a great thing, and it's funny because you can make modern parallels that we criticize, but I would get like $1. They're like, all right, you have this much money, choose what you want to play. And that was just such a tough choice. Mm-hmm. Like, do you go hard on one game and try to see how far yeah. you can get? Do you play a bunch of things and just be okay if you suck at all of them? It's just yeah. decisions. Yeah, man. It's like, do I want to play King of Fighters 98 right here? Right. Or do I want to try Area 51? Right. And I remember playing Soul Calibur 2. Dude, just, just going I remember through the, Soul Calibur game. Just going through, just playing by myself. Mm-hmm. And then that feeling that you get when somebody else the goes rush. to the station next to you. The rush. 
and, you, and, and a new fighter is coming. It felt in. so personal. It did. It was so personal. It, there was something about you where they're like, I can take that guy down or I want to fight that yeah. guy. Yeah. And just... I remember playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Yeah. And always a privilege. I would pick Mega Man and I would just... The, the two buttons on the right would make him do his super where he turns mm-hmm. big and shoots rockets. Mm-hmm. That's how I would get through most of the game to the final boss and then lose. Uh, so I was just digging it, just having a good time being Mega Man. This kid shows up. He's like, hey, man, I, I really like this game. Puts in a quarter. Picks Magneto. Rocks me in oh 10 seconds. He says that to you. I really like this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, money. I have this at home. And just... Oh, oh I have this at home. Why don't you go play at home then? And I was like, I just... I wanted to play. My money. You have to walk away. You don't get to play anymore. Did you did you say anything to him after you lost? Probably good game, but like... That was it. What I'd was his seen, response? Was he looking at you like a... He was having a good time. Okay. He was having a blast. Okay. <laughs> I think he was laughing as he was just... just oh, man. Just with Magneto. Just... <laughs> Um, you had because you had no idea what to do. I, I had no awareness you could that. play the game like this. Right. You know, I didn't. He's taking money from you. Yeah. He's, he's making you spend money to keep having fun. Was he your yeah. age or was he older than you? I think he was a year or two older than me at best. Okay. But you know, Dreamcast kids were cool. They knew stuff. I had the. I have this at home. Yeah. I had, yeah. You know, I have this, I at, have home. this at home. But on the flip side of that, if someone coming and kicking you out of the game is when you're playing a co-op game. And someone comes around like, oh, nice. right. I That's like, the flip side. I was playing Sunset Riders. Yeah. I remember right. some dude comes out of nowhere and just plays with me. Yeah, yep. and it was so much yep. fun. Like, I, how many times I played Metal Slug and some random guy would come by and play with me? Or yep. just like we all played The Simpsons or X Men and have some random person come by. When you get like all the strangers on that X Men cabinet, I forgot how many players it is, but you got a full group of X Men going. There's some that are six. You can put six people. Yeah, on it was that, that one. It's got like two screens. Most of the time, this feeling happened with a friend that I was at the arcade with. But once in a while, yeah. when you were playing with a stranger, yeah. when when you died and you were out of quarters and you had to like run mm-hmm. to the machine to get the quarters to come back, so I'll be back. Help. Yeah, don't yeah. die. Right, just that that, that that like sense of responsibility yeah. that you felt. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm sorry, Ben. I, I no. just had a strange memory of uh, turtles, turtles in time. I think. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Walking up to these two cool kids. And uh, playing with them, like plopping in, like, hey, can I play? Yeah, absolutely. And when uh, the turtles would get, uh, when they would die, they go, shell shocked. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool kids goes, shell shocked. And I remember looking over at him, like, these kids are cool. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the 90s were weird. <laughs> they were so cool. And they were good at turtles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they were, they were carrying me to that mm-hmm. final, final boss fight. Dang. Uh, to end that conversation, I do, I want to say that, like, I think this still exists. I think it still exists in some arcades, but uh, at PAX, I remember walking up and playing some games randomly with strangers and going through them because they have those weird arcades where it's infinite money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think this, these things, these moments do still exist today in, in, in yeah, isolated moments. Yeah, they happen at moments. cons a lot, yeah. at least in America. And so I do like, want to give those things credit. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I was... You know, I was in Santa Ana, and I was, we went to the mall, and there was a round one in there. And just walking through, you still kind of had that cool arcade experience because there were just a bunch of rhythm games. But there was only one rhythm game where these people wouldn't get off, and there were people watching them. And I was like, I've never seen this game before. Is it the Diagonals one? No, it had... I, I was just walking by. Yeah. I wasn't... I didn't even play anything. I didn't have time. I was just like, no, I just want to go into the arcade and see what's there. Yeah. So I didn't... I just quickly glanced at it. But there was just this big giant anime girl on it, and these guys just <laughs> so focused. Oh, so it's probably one with buttons, right? Um, I think it might have been 
touchscreen. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes I'm not sure. That touchscreen one is insane. And me not knowing kind of plays into the story, and that was the whole point where, like, the allure of certain games or, or that new machine, just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what it is, why are people obsessed with this, what's, what's going on here, and that... That's so cool now because you, you like how often do you get to have that experience where with the PR cycles it's like oh hey here's our tease yeah okay here's the the reveal trailer or teaser mm-hmm. or whatever it is here's an announcement of an announcement all right here's the gameplay demonstration here's them none of that stuff is bad right I'm not gonna stop consuming that stuff it's right. informative and helpful but there was something just intrinsically appealing about going like what is this crazy anime girl game yeah that these two serious dudes with headphones in and big old things of soda, like what what what's going on? Wow. Just, that, that that allure of mystery was super cool. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to just keep talking about arcades, but <laughs> man, we I'm got a show arcades. to do. We got a show to do. Brad, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of one game mostly, a little game called Near Automata. Nice. Finally did it. Beat original Near. A three. A through E. Feels good. Okay. After you're done, because we would kind of be talking, you, you'd you finished Route A, and we would talk, and mm-hmm. have a conversation, and you'd finish Route B, and your, your perspective shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Overall, what is the, the, the totality of your experience? How do you uh, feel about Nier? Very good. Very good. Why? Very high. I love Nier. Um, a lot of about Nier is actually the characters for me, and the story, the bonds that they share. Mm-hmm. Like, the relationship between uh, 9S... Uh, mm. 2B, then eventually A2. Yeah. And, how, like, their growth going through all that. Like, this... Uh, hold on. Before we go any further, sorry to interrupt, Brad. Um, we might shift into spoiler yeah, talk here. just there, in case. There are timestamps for every single game that we talk about in the description of this video. So if you don't want to hear any more of this, you don't want to be ruined, you haven't played through mm-hmm. yet, you don't want to hear us talk about it, whatever it is, feel free to skip. But just letting you know, uh, this is going to be your only warning. Yeah. Okay. All I'm right. ready for spoilers, by the way. You're ready? Yeah. You've just reached that point where you know you're not going to play any more of it. Yeah, I think you're, you're, I'm like you're pretty done. sure. You're done. Okay. I didn't trade it in. It's still on the shelf, but it's like, I'm pretty done. So I'm curious. I'm curious where we go. Well, I mean, I beat the game. I saw the endings and everything like that, and I'm still confused about some stuff. Okay. Like, I, I just beat it last night, mm-hmm. so it's I'm still like trying to piece things together. You're processing. Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're talking about these relationships between these characters. What were those relationships, and why were they special? Well, I mean, it started off as your standard, well, like, you start off as 2B, you know, soldier. Yeah. No emotion, always talking about like that stuff, like, androids don't have emotion. Uh-huh. Kind of stuff like that, 9S, trying to always pry a little more with her. She's always shutting him down. Right. Very anime characters, sure. I would say. Uh, then just like the eventual growth of uh, 2B, like when she finally calls him nines mm-hmm. that he's been trying to call the whole time. Right. You see their relationship kind of grow and strengthen like that. Mm-hmm. And the game just kind of takes away like certain moments like that. Like there's a lot of, a lot of deaths in this game. Mm-hmm. Where I was just like, whoa, kind of hit me out of nowhere. Kind of like the first year, I would say, though. Mm-hmm. A lot of impact like that. Um, just going around doing all the quests. Like some of the quests are really funny. Some of them are really cool. Like, there's one quest I remember. You find this uh, woman who's part of Yorha, I believe. She, uh, uh, one of her friends got killed, and she wants you to help find her who killed them. Mm-hmm. Then you go through all the things like that, and you eventually find out that she did it, and she had her memory wiped, and she's had it like wiped like five times. Mm-hmm. It just kind of went in a lot of directions I didn't expect it to. Like, when I went underground, there were some dead space aliens. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, 
this is out of control right now, but I'm cool with it. Yeah, so, you know, you've played the original Nier yeah. and then Nier Automata, and with Yokotaro games, that is kind of a thing that keeps getting brought up, is, is how bizarre they get. But for me, mm-hmm. uh, that bizarreness almost never supersedes the the strong characters and the strong story like, right like there there feels like there's purpose behind it never felt like the insanity that really didn't need to happen mm-hmm. this was just thrown in there to be weird right it didn't really feel like to me that much mm-hmm. which is good uh i was very happy with the combat in this game okay so much better than the first game yeah like near one combat sucks dude sure <laughs> i don't care what anyone says it's bad yeah i don't think it's great yeah Oh, at all, so like means. they did the right thing, having platinum come in and helping. So, what makes the combat good to you? What, what, why do you like it? Uh, it's much more. There's more depth to it. I like that. I like, and I could see how people don't like this. The game doesn't tell you how to do everything necessarily. Mm. Like you can get through the game, fine, which is what it tells you. Right. But there's like some little combo variations you could do like that that you just kind of I just learned by just playing. Right. I was like, oh, that was weird. And I like that it's almost Bayonetta style that the weapons behave differently if it's in your primary or secondary yeah. slot. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, so yeah. cool. I really like that. Um, I love the chip system. I thought the chip system was really cool. Nice way to customize your character and how you want to play. Yeah, so with the chip system, uh, basically you have this tower that you can slot different chips mm-hmm. in, and depending on the strength of the chip, it might take up more space or less space, and so you can you can customize it and do a lot of different configurations. Did you find yourself changing that often throughout the game, or did you um, kind of find something that worked? Yeah, earlier on in the game, I was it. messing around with a lot more, then I found a couple chips that I felt were like, I need to have these. Yeah. Like, for example, I had a chip if you don't get hit for like a certain amount of seconds. It just gives you health back, and I got a really good one that gave me a ton of health back, where I was kind of, I feel like, semi-overpowered at that point. Mm-hmm. Did you but, ever have chips break? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. It's I like Dark Souls okay, if you don't get it back to him. Okay, I think I did then, away. yeah. I didn't die that much in the game, mm-hmm. but I might have, some of them probably broke then, because I retrieved my body a couple times. That was my worst panic, Brad, was always just like, I gotta get back to my body, okay. I need my chips, my I was chips kinda, are so valuable, my chips, I was kind of confused about that. I was like, do all my chips break, or is it just some of them? Is that how it works? Is it all your chips that break? All you your chips all? that were equipped when you die. Those will go away if you don't get back to your body. Okay. Yeah. I was confused about that because I was looking through my menus. I'm like, oh, I thought I had a chip like that. It's, it's like way worse than losing souls. It's like, oh, I need those chips. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, it. now that I know that kind of deters you from wanting to buy some chips, maybe. Some of the more expensive ones. I mean, sure. I was loaded by the end of the game, but mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, I think it's, I kind of like that risk, though. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like that risk-reward thing, but um, I can see how people don't like that. Definitely. So should you spend a bunch of money on chips? And you're like, yeah. Uh, was the lack of autosave ever an issue for either one of you? Did you no. Progress? It was not for me. Okay. Yeah, I guess not for me either. I think I think it was one of those things where you just heard it enough. Like how I know Chapter 13 is bad in Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. I've, I think I heard just save. Dude, save. Save. I yeah. think I just heard yeah, that Yeah, I a lot. saved often. All yeah. the time. So, yeah, that, that is just kind of how I play. I, yeah. I sympathize with people that it you know, bitch or whatever, but every single game that I play, I'm just saving all Save the often. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Brad, with the combat, some people argue that you don't have to think too much, that you can just kind of spam dodge your way through yeah. it. Um, was that an issue for you or you still enjoyed it regardless? Um, well, I had the context of the original Nier. Sure. And it was such a step up for me compared to the original one. Okay. Where I was like thankful that that was there. But for someone who's never played Nier and who's, who's played other games, like, if they think this game is Bayonetta, mm-hmm. or, like, Devil May Cry, maybe, with, like, the depth of combat, you might be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But it was just such an improvement for me. I was like, yes, thank you. What did you feel... You mentioned uh, the side quest that you were doing. How did you feel about the the world itself? Was that interesting, fun Ooh, to explore? The world... Okay, so the world is, is, is good. I like the world. Mm-hmm. The game has uh, tech problems, 
where it runs oh, bad yeah. at some spots. Like a lot of frame hitches when you're running through the world. Yep. Which definitely, it happens a lot too. So you notice it all the time and it kind of deters me from wanting to explore more of the world. Mm -hmm. I loved some of the ideas like you could ride the animals like you could in the original near like that. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that you can go to all the areas without a loading screen. Mm -hmm. You could just go through the whole world like that. But it, some of the areas, there's a lot of invisible walls. Yep. Like you couldn't go in buildings. Or like something like looks like you can kind of go inside, you can't. Right. Or like a wall you could should be able to jump up to to get another. You can't. That definitely Which is kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. But um, I was just like, whatever. Uh, you mentioned that you were still kind of processing what was going on with the story. And I... I just for the, the flow of the conversation, we don't have to pick apart mm -hmm. every story thing in that right now. Mm -hmm. um, but do you feel like... How do you feel about the game's story overall? Do you feel like there was a message there, or at least was it trying to say something? Did you take anything I, away from it personally? I don't know what the message was of this game, because okay. I, I, maybe I don't understand it all yet like that. Uh -huh. Especially, well, I was kind of disappointed that I felt like I didn't get enough from near one callbacks into it. Like, there's a few. Mm -hmm. Like, there's one one character that comes back. I wish I had a little more. Like, there's some file reports you get about, like, some characters maybe here and there, but I was kind of hoping for a little more sure. from that sense. I have a burning question. Yeah, let me hear it. This is a huge spoiler. This is super spoiler. Okay. We're already in spoiler territory, dude. We told the people. Yeah. The, it's the one thing I'm curious about. The okay. one reason why I haven't traded it in, why it's still on the <laughs> shelf. Uh... So the premise is uh, humans move to the moon and we work for the humans. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's no humans on the moon, right? That's what 9S says, but then they, they talk about other moments where it seems like they're on the moon, so I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. Like they made, like they there's yes. a cannon pointing yeah. at the moon to blow it up apparently, but then like they designed it so it doesn't there, blow up the moon. Are, there are no humans on the moon. Okay. Okay. Dang. Yeah. You're hot. So humanity so, Something for humanity, right? Humanity, That's their, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot it was like something for humanity. Yeah. yeah. Humanity's extinct at that point. So I figured like their whole much. mission is like a fraud. They're all supposed to die. Like all the Yorha right. units are supposed and to so, die. Yeah, it's weird finding the refugees even. And they're like, oh, you're not humans. You're all robots too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I love about this game that yeah. it, it does so well where like it, it questions the nature of purpose and what that does. Yeah. And... Uh, you know what it what it means to believe in something, uh, like and how important it is whether that thing that you believe in is actually what it is or it's it's fake. Mm -hmm. um, and it does that different well. D it does that very well, but it doesn't just analyze that. It's not just like okay, haha, there aren't humans on the moon. It takes other groups who have different motivations and compares and contrasts them with the androids. Um, and like how the androids look down on the machines, even though the machines in a lot of ways are very, very similar. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. The game does a good job, I think, of giving. Sorry to the like the robots, like most of the machines. Right. They give a good job of giving those machines humanity. Mm -hmm. The game makes you question, like, if you're doing the right thing a lot. Like, uh -huh. I guess which the original Nier did too in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. That carries over. So, um, sorry, I want to talk about one okay. point. Yeah. When 9S finds out about like that kind of thing, how there is no humans necessarily. Right. One thing I liked about the game is that you saw his kind of like descent into madness when he finds out about this thing, the thing that drives him to keep doing what he's doing, and it's like, well, there is no good guy necessarily in this game. There is no necessarily bad guy. Mm -hmm. It's up to you, I guess, to kind of decide. Yeah. Uh, the ending of the game, I... <laughs> The ending of the game and the decision that you have to make, uh, kind of arguing for the collective good, 
and the sacrifices needed to ensure that a new breed of people can survive. Yeah. It's it's pretty heady stuff, um, and I want to talk about that, because I feel like there are a lot of games, right, where that, that have analyzed a lot of sci-fi, um, a lot of JRPGs that have sort of talked about the relationship between man and machine and what it means to be human, and these are themes that Near explores. I don't want to oversimplify, but these are themes that Near mm-hmm. explores. What do you think? Do you think it it hits it on the nose a little too directly, or do you think there are things that it does that make this conversation interesting, or that it has new elements that it presents? Hmm. What makes it work in Near, or maybe it doesn't work in other things? I don't know. It's maybe like about like the kind of stuff like exploring like what it is to be an android, or like what happens to me kind of thing like that. You you get a sense of like going in their mind kind of like a lot of the hacking parts mm-hmm. is like inside their mind and figuring out how they're dealing with that like it, a lot of it deals like after death kind of thing like that what happens to them when they die mm-hmm. like they do that a lot with 9s you know he dies a lot in this mm-hmm. game and it's kind of like how he goes through all that I, it's hard for me to say for sure because i'm still Processing. confused about some yeah. stuff yeah i don't have everything nailed down to me it's something that you mentioned uh when 2b calls him nines Yes. Where I feel like this is a game that isn't constantly reminding you that they're androids. Um, it, where they, they act they act so human that the moments where they decide to pull that curtain back and you have mm-hmm. something crazy, like they die and then you see them again, mm-hmm. it's a little bit jarring mm-hmm. because their mannerisms and the way that they're written are so human and the way that they slowly build up the relationships are so human that it... And they space out those very Android moments enough uh, that it gives them a lot of impact. Yeah, I'd say. And it's good voice acting too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's of, very good. Acting. I think it's the performances good. lend very to good. what you're talking yeah. about. Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think particularly to be. If I if I had to give one of the a, strong characters, yeah, uh, you were the best. I think all this. three of them are pretty good, though. They're all, they're all three pretty good, not to take away from the others, but, yeah, just the evolution of 2B, how that character changes, and the way that emotion is presented. Very strong performance, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I loved all the stuff with the other and like, the other machines, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I like those conversations they had when they were both sitting across from the table. Yeah. And they're, like, reading verses out of the Bible, and, like, he's like, why am I eating this apple kind of thing? Like, why do I have to be, like, a human kind of thing like that? Yeah. Uh, that scene where you see all of the machines trying to fornicate and then forms out of that big blob Mm -hmm. and you fight it. It's such a WTF moment, but then when you go back and you pick it apart and you use all the information the game gives Mm -hmm. to you, it makes sense. It's not just there to shock, and that's pretty good. Yeah. Brad, uh, question. Maybe to get this back on track a little bit. Uh, With games where sometimes there are games where I feel like they don't always present the story super well where there are either you have to go dig for it in collectibles or something and I just can't be bothered to do that um, but games where I feel like there's something there but I don't fully understand it mm-hmm. I usually reach a crossroads where it's like am I going to go on YouTube and spend the additional time to figure this out do you think Nier is a good enough game where you want to know more you want um, to for me personally yeah okay especially because it has it's more. a part of a bigger universe you know, it's connected to Dragon Guard games and year one. I would like to see it all fit together. Like, I like Kingdom Hearts, dude. Of course I like this kind of stuff. I love Dark Souls. Of course I love this kind of stuff. Right. But I think, yeah, I think the game is strong enough for uh, 
people would want to invest in it, kind of sure. look in it more in the universe. I think it's a very interesting universe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me. What else you got for me, Brad? Um, I'll talk about the other game I was playing briefly. Uh, so new Overwatch, no, new Overwatch hero was announced. His name is Doomfist. Long, long awaited. Long awaited Doomfist. Uh, he's out on the the PTR, which is the public test realm. I played a little bit of him. He's a uh, attack hero. He's yeah. pretty fun, Ben. Have you played him yet? Have you no. messed around with him? No. Ben, he does a dragon uppercut, dude. Brad. He's got it. He does it. <laughs> Is it forward, down, down, forward? No, it's like E. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I'm curious. What I'm most curious about this guy is what are his weapons? Because I know he's got okay, a huge so robot arm, which is need, really need cool. Let me break down the moveset for you, okay? Sure. Yeah, please. So, yeah, he just has this big doom fist. It's yeah. on his right arm. Yeah. And his left arm, he's got, like, a little... Um, when you look at like Wolverine's like claw, where his claws come out like on his suit, like little metal things that pop, he's kind of got yeah. stuff like that. He could shoot like four shots, like like almost like a little shotgun. Okay, are there lasers then? It's just like no, no, oh, they're bullets. Lasers. Yeah, it looks like bullets. Okay, uh, interesting because it auto reloads too. Mm-hmm. You don't push auto reload; just does it on its own. Uh, that's his like basic normal attack, I would say. And then he has he's uh, he covers the the barrel with his finger. Yeah, he does. Just with his he with his huge arm, he does that. Uh, his other attack is he has like a leap kind of attack, man, where he slams the ground and like kind of crackles in front of him. Yeah. Almost like a Winston leap, but way worse. So it just looks, <laughs> it's like the Winston leap is sick. Yeah. You get huge air on that thing and everything like that. This right. is just like a little thing like okay. that. It's still fun though. And he's got the uppercut, Ben. So you can uppercut a hero and they go flying in the air with you. So you could do like a sweet combo where you slam them to the ground, like you slam right from the uppercut them. And when you're both in the air, you're shooting them with your other arm. Mm hmm. And is like his, his Does he big, say anything when you uppercut him? He says like uppercut or something like something like uppercut. Okay, I feel like this is very important. He goes, like he make goes dragon uppercut. No, he okay. doesn't say that. Um, but he says, the, he says like uppercut or something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, but his his big move, which makes him stand out the most, is his fist, his doom fist. Yeah. So it's his right In arm. The name. You, you could charge it up. You, like he holds on, goes like. You see a little meter go up. You can unleash it anytime you wish. But if you power it up, obviously he does a little more. Mm-hmm. You get some more ground. Uh, the thing about this is you can punch someone with this, does damage to them. But if you punch them and they hit a wall when you punch them, it does way more damage. So you can one-shot a lot of heroes with this kind of ability. Oh, also yeah. when you punch them, Kyle, you punch them in the wall and there's like a crack on the wall. Oh, and that was the hint. You yes, saw the crack you saw, in the other Yes, you I did. I love stuff like that, Brad. Yeah. You're so talking about connecting video? Well, that's But stuff so the thing about sick. this fist is it also has uh, mobility to it. So you can use this fist, like, let's say easy to learn, hard to master kind of things. Like, you can do more with it than you might not expect or someone playing for the first time. So you could do your combo. You get in a situation where you uppercut and you need to get out of there real quick. You can uh, charge punch to a direction real quick to get out there. Mm-hmm. Get some mobility. Maybe someone's on some high ground from you. Yeah. Uh, which seems really cool. I'm slightly concerned right now that it might be too overpowered. Slightly. I haven't seen him really in like an actual team comp, so it's hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. Seems really fun though, uh, and his ult is pretty cool. It's called like Orbital Strike or something. Just jumps in the air, and you have like a circle, red- like a reticle you could see on the ground moving around, mm-hmm. and you're controlling, you're moving, and you click down, and he eventually lands and smashes on people. I see. Which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not cheap, I don't think, because you can have time to dodge it, but if you're not careful, you'll get smashed. So it's something where you want another hero to immobilize them. Maybe, or like or... you catch them in a moment of panic or something sure. like that, or they're not necessarily watching. Are they aware on, is the, is yes, the circle they visible? Yes, they can see it. Yes. Got it. Okay. What's the, the range like for that? How, so, when you activate it, how far away can you go? I mean, you can move pretty far. Okay. It's just like your heroes, it's it's him just 
floating in the sky somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't look up and see him going, but like you can go pretty good distance like that. So you could leap out, then come around a corner really fast, maybe or something like that, try to catch people off guard. He sounds really fun. Yeah, he's very fun. Uh, and it's just pretty, just the way that you were talking about chaining moves together, mm-hmm. uh, and the just the movement in the air. It's sound. I mean, it, on the surface, it sounds very, very different. Uh, are there any other heroes that you could maybe draw parallels to, or um, mobility? Like he has a lot of mobility. Yeah, I would say like that's gonna be like the big thing with him is because uh, like uh, for heroes like Genji has a ton of mobility where you can like a lot of like verticality kind of mobility like mm-hmm. that you can go multiple directions or like Tracer has a lot of mobility yeah but it's mostly flat kind mm-hmm. of mobility like this he has it seems like he can get around a lot a lot of places cooldowns aren't that long so he seems super super mobile really strong punches so I'm like that's what I said I was kind of worried about but we'll see I guess you're excited to play more Doomfist you're gonna spend yeah I think he's cool but it's not gonna take away from my favorite heroes maybe I see. like I might not pick like if he's really good, yeah, I'll play him and stuff like that. But it, it wouldn't be a hero I would pick over others out of pure fun factor for me. Hey, what happened to the robot Ox? Ox? Yeah, the like the Ox. centaur. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's in the game. Orisa? Yeah, she's in the game. I I don't... So, you know, I, I don't play the game, and yeah. I only, like, pick up what I see off Twitter and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I feel like nobody likes that thing. She's, like, not great. She's okay, I guess. She's very situational. Uh, I, I also remember people pretty adamantly not liking her design yeah well. she's hideous i hate yeah. it okay all right terrible. okay just like yeah thank I you i hate Brad. that design i need this <laughs> Brad, you're talking about how uh doofus may not replace the heroes that you for me personally time yeah. with yeah uh what do you think it would take and do you think you're gonna get to a point where you're just so comfortable with certain heroes that's gonna be hard to move you away from that that zone mm, i mean i love trying out new heroes all the time like sure. that it's just like do i have more fun playing as this hero necessarily mm. like I've got a lot to learn with this hero. He's not even, like, technically out yet. Sure. So I need to see more him in the world, how it kind of plays into all that. Do you think Doomfist is going to be a threat? Do you think we're going to see a lot of Doomfist? He seems like a threat right now. Okay. I'll tell you that. So, but I thought that about Sombra, too, when she first came out. Right. She kind of came out dead in the water. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. She has some, uh, she seems to be pretty good against him, though. Interesting. Because she can hack him. And it's, he's like, he's screwed, dude. If he doesn't if he doesn't have his moveset, he's toast. <laughs> Really <laughs> so to make a new character who is not yeah they're like well th- no one likes this character let's so we'll make, make her it- better by introducing yeah. a new character yeah. to make her yeah, look yeah, okay yeah. all right <laughs> brad have they talked about the skins with doomfist no the there's none in there yet okay in the ptr there's no skins no voice lines that i'm aware Cause, of because that makes or breaks it right oh you gotta have the skin baby. gotta have the skins <laughs> like it seems like such a petty thing but that's such a big thing in that game that's what people make the most noise about. Yeah, it's like that's where they make the money. That's where the weird fan art comes from. Yeah, tell those Twitter posts about that new skin, that hot skin coming out. What would you want to see for a Doomfist skin? A Doomfist skin? I want a Kuma skin. I just want to be Okuma. That'd be pretty sick. Just Akuma, just like licensed from Capcom. Akuma. Yeah, like like partnership. So he says Shoryuken when he does. No, I want him to though. Yeah, like that's what I want. Yeah, I want that kind of stuff. I don't know, like what's a Kuma like? I would love to see. Uh, a steel skin like Shaquille O'Neal steel mm, yeah that'd be really funny yes like what's a character a that is one. like known for pun- like a one punch man's the most obvious one a one punch man skin if you just got a Saitama skin yeah. that'd be really like cool. when you do his charge move it just goes one punch yeah. when you're doing or something like that that'd be like okay. 10 out of 10 well now now we've set it up so like if you're playing Doomfist sure. you should just play the theme song on repeat yeah when you're playing as I mean you'll do three times better yeah 
the first person to upload that video gets a million views. Oh, I bet it's yep. already up. Yep. It's already up. Get that up. That happened when Doomfist was just rumored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Brad, let's round it out here. What else you got for me? So not a video game. Not a video game. Related to video games though. Yeah. Uh, I watched the Castlevania animated series on Netflix. Brad, people are freaking out about this. It's uh, it's good. It's uh, four episodes is kind of disappointing, but there's more coming. Confirmed. More on the way. Yeah. More on the way. Uh, the cool thing is it's based off Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, mm-hmm. which is very cool. So it kind of fits in that timeline. You expect um, very rated R. First up, if you're gonna watch this, don't watch this with your kids. A lot of vi- is it, like very gory. Very is it gory. just violence? Very gory. Uh, some language. Okay. I think there's a couple f bombs. Nice. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, no nudity or anything like that. There hasn't been. Um, starts off the story. I don't. I guess, like, how do you talk about an animated series without kind of some some spoilers? I think you can give the setup for so sure. So I'll give you the very beginning setup of the show. Like, this is all the first episode. Yeah. Spoilers, just in case you're worried about it. Um, comes up this woman going into Dracula's castle. She wants to learn uh, more about, like, magic kind of technology that or knowledge that Dracula possesses to help people. So her and Dracula kind of start talking. Dracula takes her in. Eventually get married. So, husband and wife. Uh, later on, uh, his wife burned at the stake by the church for being a witch. They think she's a witch, heretic, all that kind of stuff. Because yep. she's married to Dracula. Correct. When well, they think she's doing witchcraft, you know, kind of stuff like well, that. Well, she is. Well, yeah, but she's like, it's science or stuff like that. Okay. Uh, she's like, don't don't be mean to them. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing like that. Uh, Dracula finds out about this. Dracula's trying to be a better person at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's... That's uh, so sad. Instead of like turning into a bat and traveling around, he's like walking like a normal human. Sure. Trying to be a good good husband, kind of a better person. Reformed by love. Yeah, like, at the beginning they show, like, all the uh, corpses, like, on, like, impaled and everything like that, like Vlad, Vlad Dracula would do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't do that anymore, kind of stuff like that. Well, when you burn Dracula's wife alive at the stake, Dracula's gonna get a little pissed off. <laughs> so he pretty much comes... It's a good premise. Pretty much comes, like, threatens all the humans. It's like, you got one year before I summon the armies of hell to destroy you kind of thing like that and they're all like scared at the time then they all think it's like bs from the church telling them not to worry about it it was a real threat monsters from hell come out okay start killing villagers dude i did not know it was this violent yeah like you're seeing intestines coming out and stuff like that heads getting ripped off (laughs) people getting munched burned i'm just like whoa dude that when you say Dracula unleashing hell, though. That's what I wanted to feel oh, like. It felt like it, man. Yeah. Like the, the spawn of Satan are coming out. So, Brad, is the. It, it sounds from this description like the appeal is just witnessing that chaos get unleashed. Just the sheer badassery of it's it. It's nice to there, see it in a Is fa- there more to it than that? I mean, there's more to it. It's very faithful to the game franchise. Like, it uh-huh. hits the beats that people. Like, like, especially me, because I love Castlevania 3, Ben. Right. You'll see some characters you might recognize from Castlevania 3. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, it's very faithful into that kind of stuff. Sure. And just seeing, like, Castlevania, it's respect. They treat the source material respectfully, Ben. I see. Like, the Does guys it ever that, get cute? Uh, there's some humor, but it was never, like, where I was like, mm, mm-mm. Nobody, mm-mm. like, eats a turkey to heal? Right. No. That's, that's exactly No, there's none of that. None of that. Right. Okay. I mean, there's Trevor Belmont. He's, like, trying to get drunk at parts like that, but it's... How are the part. performances? I think the voice acting's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Believable. Um, yeah, I think all the voice actors were great from what I heard. Like, Dracula sounds cool. All the other, like, uh, Trevor Belmont. 
well, main character, obviously from three. He's great in it. I really like his interpretation in this game. Sure. He's still got that badass scar from Curse of Darkness, though. Oh man, I hope they do something. That's what with- you're talking about, dude? No one else recognizes that scar, you know? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool that they put stuff in there. See, when I was watching this, I'm like, oh man, yeah. I wonder if they'll incorporate characters from Curse of Darkness, like uh, Hector or Isaac, that will come along, like the Devil Forge Masters. The answer is yes. I hope so. The scar means they care. Yeah, I mean his outfit looks different, but it looks very Belmont. You know, it, mm-hmm. it reminds me of Simon's outfit, kind of from the Chronicles. Sure, it's got like the fur on and everything mm-hmm. like that. It looks great. It's got the cross. I mean, it's, it's got the whip, the vampire killer. Yeah, he looks awesome in it, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other characters you're gonna recognize, Ben, you're gonna be like, yes, these characters are in Castlevania Three. Mm-hmm. Is there a castle? Uh, yes, there is a castle. Okay, so when when we're talking about these recognizable characters, uh, that can be that can be tricky stuff for adaptations where yeah. it's just like. Yep, here we are now. Or do they they, they, they tie them into the story appropriately? Into... Okay, How like do they, do they do that? for instance, one of the characters is a specific section of. Uh, well, there's there's two characters that they kind of show in it. Um, one of them is kind of a sleeping hero that's like a legend mm-hmm. that these two other characters are trying to find. You might be able to figure out who that is, okay. knowing on past things like that. And like Trevor <laughs> Belmont's kind of like it's bullshit. I don't believe it, kind of thing like that. Brad, no one else remembers these NES characters. Yeah, they do. This is crazy. You remember these characters, and you're like, you'll know. It's like, I'll have no idea. If you're idea. a fan of, like, you'll know these characters even if you haven't played Castlevania 3, at least one of them. You'll okay. know. Right. Very recognizable character. Okay, okay. I feel like for me, it would be a lot of aha moments. Like, oh! Like, not, not in, it seemed like you immediately recognized well, them, and I can't imagine having that same like, experience. Well, because I know the characters of 3. Right. And when I see the character, like, their design, it reminds me a lot of their three design. When sure. I see, like, for instance, I see one of the characters do an ability mm-hmm. in the, the cartoon that I, I kind of recognize from the game. I'm like, oh, yeah. Then they say their name. I'm like, oh, of course. Sure, of course it's cool. them. That's cool. Brad, by the end of the four episodes, uh, how does it how does it leave you? Is it is it kind Dude, of a wanting more. Wanting more. Okay. Wanting more, Ben. Do you, was there kind of a complete story in those four episodes? It felt, it felt like to me... Uh, this was, this was supposed to be a trilogy. I think it was supposed to be a movie originally, mm. but it leaves off on a cliffhanger. Of course, like spoilers, Kyle. No, mm. I mean not the castle yet. Okay, we're not I mean, in castle. Yeah, anymore. I mean in, in four episodes, how are you supposed to get to the castle? Exactly. Like they're doing the like they're doing the appropriate build okay. to it. Play it slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play. It I slow. mean, because Castle Eighty Three, you know, it's not all in the castle. Yep. Skin that's a slow probability build, and they finally get there, man. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be something magical, Kyle. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see, you see the castle, and you see like the, the like the first room they walk into, and I was yeah. like, I was like, yes. I want them to spend two yes. seasons in that castle once they finally get in. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great, man. How's the music? Uh, the music was kind of weird. Like, it didn't. It wasn't like or like crazy yeah. music like that. It was just it was just standard music. The music is not a standout for me mm. at all in this, which is kind of disappointing because Castlevania is known so much for the music, right? But it might get to that moment, like on a certain scene, maybe you'll hear like a familiar theme. Okay, like maybe when you get to they get to Dragus Castle, you hear like bloody tears or something crazy going on. But it sounds like based on everything that you're describing, you believe they can do that. Well. Yeah, yeah, I'm very very confident in this series now. Kyle, you gonna watch this? Yep. Hell yeah. Both of you should watch it. Oh, I, I'm going to. I mean, it's if just, you're a fan... It's just been time. That's all. To Other see things. things that, like, video games do not get necessarily great representation in movies a lot. You can. That's fair to say. That's fair to say. I'd say, yeah. like, 90%, 95% of the time, it's not great. Yeah. This honors the source material very, or material very well. 
The creators know what they're doing with this series. They're fans of the series, and you can tell. And it shines through with the quality. Okay. Uh, anything you don't like about it? Anything as a Castlevania fan you wish they would have done better? Um, it's hard for me to, like, of course I want to see um, more recognizable, like, monsters, or, like, I want to see more of the castle. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff like that. Like, this felt like just act one. This sure. is what it felt like to me, you know? Like, okay. it's not complete. It's just a part. I want to watch it right now. You should watch it. You should go home and watch it. It's only four episodes. It's, it's, such only, four, it's only four such, episodes. It's such an easy watch, too, man. It's, it's, it's like an hour so, and 20 minutes. We got yeah, this. Yeah, it's so cozy. It. It's such an easy watch, man. I'm almost done with uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Nice, <laughs> Almost dude. done. Yeah, you're meshy. Yeah. You're just, yeah. You're just cool watching Yu Yu Hakusho on the side? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Just on the side? Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Uh... I yeah. need to watch the newest episode of Yeah, like Ben, because I know you know your Castlevania. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be like, yeah. Well, it's it's weird, Brad, because I feel like you have a much better grasp on the lore and the characters of Castlevania because to to me I actually like the timeline of that series. Yeah, that's I I love Castlevania, mm-hmm. I adore Castlevania, but I love its design. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way Castlevania one feels. I love mm-hmm. how those levels are structured. I love the way in which it's challenging. Uh, except for death, because that's bullshit. Um, yeah. and yeah, when I when I Castlevania for me is a game, especially when thinking about Symphony of the Night, is completely about vibes. It's about being in a place, not about understanding that place. It's got good vibes, and that's that's it's, always kind of my headspace. It's I'm, got your vibes, man. Okay. I would say it's got yeah. the vibes and it nails it. If it, it has that, if it just tor- sort of transports me to that place, that's enough. Mm-hmm. I don't need the names. I don't need the references. I just need to get yeah. that feeling. Like I might like this place. more than I think it's really good, but I probably get more enjoyment out of it because I'm such a fan of the series sure. and I had that connection with a lot of the characters like that Absolutely. like I'm very curious to see what people who don't know this series necessarily what they think of it yeah like I'm curious to see what you yeah, think of it Kyle sure because you yeah. like Castlevania yeah but you don't know like the in-depths about it I would kind of say so I'm curious to see what you guys kind of think about it yeah yeah I mean uh Brad the reason why I was kind of sighing a little bit when you were talking about Doomfist and Overwatch mm-hmm. and when you were uh describing Castlevania is I, I feel like I'm in this hole right now <laughs> And it's a whole of my own making, and I love it. It's just it's just kind of a crazy time for the the genres and the games that I'm most interested in, mm-hmm. where there are a lot of RPGs oh, ben, right now. It's so hard right now, dude. Right, and I'm it's a struggle. Right, there there are just certain avenues that I'm pursuing that I'm really loving, but they're taking up all of the time. Yep. Oh um, yeah. In addition to just other yeah. responsibilities and stuff like that. Part of the reason it's such a good time is because I've been playing uh, as much as I can of Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac. Tell me about that, that game. I'm like, mm. tell me hours about in or something like that. Something right around there. Uh, it's it's good. It's easy, I think, to immediately sink into hyperbole and say this is how remasters should be done. And I do I do hesitate there because I, I'm not taking Here, the totality well, of remasters. I'll back you up. In. Square does good remasters, Ben. They do. This one seems exceptionally good, Brad. It is not just. Hey, we made it look pretty. Hey, we added a couple of things. It is, well, as far as I'm concerned, a transformation. It got the treatment that Kingdom Hearts got because we got the the final mixes in right, the remasters. Right, and so that's the thing is it, it it feels especially good because we never got the international yeah. uh, Zodiac Job edition that it's only like, came out. In they're Japan. like, we hear you. Right here it is finally. Like I feel like I've been hearing about this total remaster forever. Right. Like I played it like E3 two years like a year ago, mm-hmm. and now it's just finally coming out. Right, and. That, the whole thing about the license board, it just, 
it changes the way that you feel about character progression because by the end of Final Fantasy XII, the, the base game, everybody kind of felt the same. They, they, they were all on the same yes. board. Yes, And so once you sort of figured that out, once you uh, got to that point, it made... Because the license board in theory is so cool. And so for those of you who are not familiar, uh, the way that it works is you start somewhere on this board and you have a bunch of different things that you can invest these points that you're earning into. So it's like, okay, I can spend this amount of points to get more health, or I can spend this amount of points to get uh, new armor. And if you spend points in either one of those places, you'll unlock more squares mm-hmm. in that direction. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of picking a focus for your character. But when you know, ah, everybody's going to kind of end up the same, it, 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 yeah. it makes your decisions a little bit less interesting. But now that you have jobs attached yes. with all with their own license board it's really exciting because right you know everybody in my party has a different job i don't necessarily know what direction that that's going into and there will be fights where it's like oh man i really wish i had some new spells here for like, my black mage but also i need a lot more health because i'm taking a ton can of you damage. give me an example of like what balthier's job is compared to bonds so everybody can be anything okay yeah yeah, yeah that's the thing is uh, when you get these characters when they're added into your party, not as guests but as full-fledged members, you can assign a job and the corresponding license board to them. So Vaughn can be... My Vaughn is a Bushi right now. What are the jobs? Yeah, I don't know what a yeah, Bushi yeah. is. 12 jobs. Okay. Uh, Bushi, uh-huh. basically Samurai. How okay. Uh, <laughs> since there are 12 of them... Yeah, yeah, I don't... So the White Mage, Black Mage, Red Battle Mage, uh, basically a Time Red Mage. Red Battle Mage. Bushi, Machinist... What else we got? We got Ranger. Knight, we got Monk. We got Archer. Um, what am I forgetting? There's like three I'm forgetting. Summoner? Would not Summoner. Like that? Wait, did I say White Mage? Yes. Yeah. Uh, not a Summoner. Blue Mage? Because the way that summon, summons work differently in Final yeah. 12 than they do in other games. I think even like differently in this one, in Zodiac Age. Do you, yeah. Okay. You, you still controlling them? Yeah, you have, you have more control over your summons in this edition. Right, right, right. Um, what are those other jobs that I'm forgetting? Uh, you said a lot. You I said, said a like lot. time mage. Dark Knight. There's time. Dark Knight. I don't think there's there's night. I don't think there's Dark Knight. Tell me there's a dragon. There's gotta be. There's lances in that game or spears. There's a class that specifically is good with lances. I don't okay. know if it's called. Dragoon. We'll call that dragon. Yeah. Just make a dragoon. Yeah. Just make a dragon. Just let it leap. Give it some yeah. leaps. Jump. Well, I. The thing is, it new to Zodi. This version of the game. You can get once you get to a certain point in the license board, you can get an additional job. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's like you know you you get to that. I mean, they do that in old Final Fantasies. You get to that certain level, that, then you, you unlock new you ones. You couldn't do that in the the first version. It was just yeah. one job for yeah, everybody. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is once you pick a job for somebody, you can't go back. You can't change Ooh, it. Ooh, you're locked That's in. That's it. You're cool. set in. There's no switching around. Um, like other games, like other Final Fantasies with other job systems. Um, so it is a pretty big decision, and you're gonna be wanting to. Uh, cover different things. Like right now, I have Vaughn as a Bushi. Um, I have Bosch as a Knight. I've got um, Fran as Black Mage. I've got Balthier as a Machinist. So does the game encourage you to switch party members a lot? Because I remember when I played through 12, mm-hmm. I just used three characters the whole game. Yeah. Um, yes. I would say the jobs make you switch a lot more. Because okay. I was kind of with you, Brad, where I would only, in the original Final Fantasy twelve. Um, because you could kind of go everywhere with anybody, yeah. uh, it was just like, okay, I need this, but rather than switch out party members, I'll just kind of move one character that I'm mm-hmm. already actively using a lot and keeping up with in that direction. But here, there are going to be times where, especially when you can't 
get additional job yet because it takes quite a while mm-hmm. to get there to get those uh, second jobs where you're gonna want to be like okay I don't need a black mage here I need mm-hmm. more defense or oh I need extra healing here and so you yes you're mixing up uh, your party quite a bit to the point where I wish you could have four people in your party yeah. instead of just three do they add um, XP for your whole party now or is it still just who's out there um, I believe I believe the way that it works is when you're getting license points, you're getting that for everybody. So if you get two okay. license points from killing somebody, everybody's getting two but license about... points, but not experience. Okay. So if you want to keep okay. them up on levels, you do have to switch them out. I see. Um, I could be wrong with that, but it, that's the way it seemed to me. Okay. Yeah. Ben, I have a question. Yeah. So when I played through Final Fantasy XII, yeah. I think it was late. I think it was like 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, even then... Uh, playing it on a PS3, it's a PS2 game, going to new environments, going to new cities, walking up to a huge temple, mm-hmm. I was floored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just the Good environments scope. in that game were huge and detailed, and it just felt... I loved exploring. Right. Does it still have an impact to you today? It does. Uh, it, it does, but it's changed a little bit. Um, the So the first city that you're in is still very, very impressive. It still feels big yeah um you have all of these different shops that you can go in and there's people milling about these shops there's a bunch of people that you can just have incidental conversations with it feels like a city that's alive you have low town and all of the stuff that's going on down there um and the fields that you're going in are still impressive it's still cool walking by that uh, tyrannosaurus rex in the first area mm-hmm. and having him just completely destroy you uh, if you decide to fight them. Um, I will say that now, everything being divided into zones, I mean, when you're going into the, around this first city, it's not like you can just freely walk everywhere. Like, you know, the east side is yeah. separated from the south side, which is separated from the west side, um, and so on and so forth. And so that that's a little disappointing to, to go through the zone, have that brief pause, or when you're going into the shop, have that break. Like, you're not just walking into it. Um, that does hurt i think the impressiveness of it a little bit but it's it's still there it's still cool um the presentation of the effects and the detail in the character models is is very very good yeah like this is a good looking game there's still some environments that look flat but the character models specifically and just the summons the little videos that play of the bosses the the size of the bosses yeah this was a all of that late stuff. late ps2 game right so it really knew the hardware at the time yeah uh that stuff looks really good the remaster does a good job with it the soundtrack has been completely re-recorded really right and uh I remember a lot of the sentiment and my own sentiment being at the time that Final Fantasy's 12 soundtrack was kind of disappointing, that it didn't live up to kind of the legacy of excellent Final Fantasy mm-hmm. soundtracks. And while you can still make that argument here, I don't know if it's the re-recording or what, but there are a lot of times where I'm going like, no, this is good, and just pausing to listening to it, and the soundtrack is more impressive than, you than remember. I remember good. it being. That's good. Uh, and that's really good. But uh, yeah, so the job stuff, great, but really though... It's that fast forward button. It's all about that fast forward button. Yeah, sure. Um, because it just makes everything in that game easier to digest, and because it's easier to digest, you want to do it more. So with hunts, right? You're going to the board, you're getting your hunts, you're going out there, you're, you're finding these monsters. When you get the hunts, it's like okay, you have to go find this person, talk to them, then you have to go out and do the hunt, and then you have to go back to them, and just that whole process of getting back and forth. Yeah, and like nope, okay, a lot of filler time. Was. Right, it's a lot of filler time, and the areas that you're 
wandering in where you, you like let's say you're just looking for one monster you don't care about anything else you're fighting just being able to fast forward so you can do make it twice as fast or you can make it four times as fast uh, and it just it cuts down so mm-hmm. much um, there's a part on the, the you're on this dreadnought you're on this imperial dreadnought and it's a great place to grind because the alarm has been tripped and guards are constantly rushing you and I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of this Right, being able to speed it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it, nice. Right, and it all of this is feeding into each other because you have these jobs that you want to mess around with. You're not sure what their capabilities are. You want to kind of abuse the system and do that. And the game is like, hey, why don't you just speed it up? We'll make it easier to get points. And so it creates this super addicting loop that's really fun to mess around with. Um, and I know it's not so novel now, but it's still appreciated that there's no transition to any sort of battle screen or anything like that. Yeah. You're just running around this yeah. environment. You're getting into a fight. You can even set it up so everybody has a gambit where as soon as they see somebody, they're attacking. Um, and just because of the fast forward button, there's such a good flow to this game that was totally not present in the original. Um, ben, talk to me about how the story and characters are holding up for you. Yeah, because I remember miss, a lot of the characters. Some of the most interesting characters to me were the side characters in that game. Sure. What do you? What do you? I guess like I can't remember a lot of their names, but like mm-hmm. the younger brother that mm-hmm. comes with you on some of the quests. I remember he was really cool. Like, I know Vaughn is, like, kind of the main character. They set it up kind of like, or they market it that way, but he's not really kind of. Right. Um, so, Vaughn is a mess. Okay. Vaughn is not a good addition to this mm-hmm. game. Uh, and it's it's frustrating because it's so painfully obvious that it's, they're trying to build this relationship between him and Balthier where he's looking up to him as a sky pirate. He wants to go and he wants yeah. to fly. But the way he has the only lines in the game so far that I've been listening to uh, where he will say something and it'll just fall flat. It'll just be completely dead. Oh, no. Um, where it it's like he has these dreams and he has these motivations, but the game is too busy dealing with this with, invasion. With, like, the Empire and everything right, else. the betrayals going like, on, Balthier all this and other stuff. Story, yeah. But it just, it sort of feels inserted at the worst times. Like, <laughs> it it wants to tell this big political story, and that's where it excels at, mm-hmm. but it's also trying to force this more personal, like, street urchin, what's going on with this brother uh, character that that is just not working. Yeah, it's it's like, just not working yeah. at all. Um, and yeah, the, the the delivery on some of Vaughn's lines are not very good, and it's funny because like Balthier, oh my guy, so good. stealing every ten scene out of ten in. character. Mm-hmm. Like the lines that he's saying are are well delivered. They're very funny. Uh, mm-hmm. They still sound super good, and he's just Great he's voice just acting, a cool yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. I love him. I love Bosch. Mm-hmm. I love all those characters. I like Fran a lot. Yeah, yeah, Fran's cool. Yeah, I like Fran a lot as well. Um, how's the villain this time around? I remember the villain, uh, pretty forgetful. To me, if I were to draw him, I would draw the exact same guy I draw from Final Fantasy. I'd draw Seymour. Sure. But to me, that like they're they look exactly the same in my mind sure. right now. Yeah, I. That's that's a complaint that I think a lot of people have of Vane or even of the judges is that they don't have quite the same menace as past Final Fantasy oh, villains. I love the judges though. I I do too. But I don't I don't agree with that because, to me, Vane is perfect for the story that he's in where mm-hmm. he is 
lying to people's faces. He's presenting a side of himself to the public in one way and then doing something else Dirty in politician. private in another way. And so I, I like that. I think that's kind of a, a cool dynamic that they're playing with. And man, when you see the judges, when they step on the scene, there's a good, there's a good moment uh, pretty early on where... Uh, this guy is talking back to an Imperial Guard and all, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of being snobby to him. And then a judge steps in, and his attitude completely changes. Like this, the alpha in the room yeah. was completely dwarfed by this judge, um, and it's kind of a cool scene. And yeah. you hear before you see him, you just hear the clank of the armor. Yeah, I mean, cool. I like that Final Fantasy Twelve does a lot of stuff different, like that kind of right. sense, like how it presents its villain and everything like that. Right. It just didn't work for me really when I played it the first time. It didn't feel strong enough when I first played it. Right. It's not going to be for everybody. Um, and I sure. think the thing to consider is, much like Final Fantasy Tactics, they're speaking in a very particular way. Yeah. Um, particularly people on the Empire side. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody, really. There's there's an ornateness to their language. Uh, there's a drawn-out nature to their language. Like, you, you play Final Fantasy thirteen, you play Final Fantasy fifteen, you play Final Fantasy ten. For the most part, most of the characters are speaking, like, yeah, average human They definitely beings. have their own, like, dialect. Um, and... Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna work for everybody, but I think because it's, it's so different, and it's something that we don't often see in Final Fantasy, it's working for me. Yeah, I guess I just didn't, like, when I played it, I didn't feel that grudge or hatred for a villain. As I as I did for past Final Fantasies, maybe. Yeah. But that was a long time ago, mm. and I'm I, I'm playing this game again, Ben. I'm gonna play it, so I'm gonna see how I feel again. Yeah, like I said, I'm <laughs> I'm 12 hours into this remaster and slowly revisiting and reevaluating sure, things yeah. over time. So I don't I don't want to say the story is good or bad in one way. I don't think it's an amazing story. I don't think the story is is the strong point here. Sure. But I think it's shift in focus. Um, I think learning how the like there are many different factions and they're all trying to change the world in a different way and all of them are connected to others in ways that Mm -hmm. you wouldn't expect and so it's this pretty grand web and it's kind of fun seeing that play out yeah but yeah i don't think vaughn is very good i don't think pinello is very good yeah um i don't necessarily think that these are the strongest characters of the series but i still think there's enough there's there. There's a lot of good. There's still a lot of good there's there. There's still a lot of good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Kyle, how do you feel about Final Fantasy XII? I, don't I know love Final Fantasy XII. What do you love about it? Um, I like uh, I liked those environments a lot, Ben. I, I liked the world of that. The vibe. Mm-hmm. Great vibes, great faces. Yeah, uh, really good faces. Uni- unique, uniquely structured and uh, textured faces. It, it, mm-hmm. it has its own unique look to it. Um, and yeah, I, I, uh, I, I like Gambit's. I really do. I mm-hmm. like programming my party. I love it. You're gonna, you asked me like about the Final Fantasy 15 battle system. You know what I mean? Right. Like I don't care that I have to press circle at the right time every second. I don't. Right. Uh, yeah. Final Fantasy 12, all the same. I, I, I don't mind that I'm not like selecting every move at every second. It's cool. Right. Um, that's the thing about Final Fantasy 12 that I think is so cool is the gambit system and how much control it gives you over absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even early on, even at the point where I'm at in the game, like just you're just constantly trying to evolve your gamuts to be as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. You don't always need to be, but the fact that the game lets you be like, hey, if you want to unlock all these different gamut slots and you want to try to account for as many situations as possible, and then you're going to a fight and it's like, oh, I didn't account for that situation. Mm-hmm. All right, maybe I shouldn't have them heal me at less than 70% health. Maybe I should have them heal me at 50% health for this fight. Um, he, maybe I should have this character focus on this much support and this much fighting. Just all of that stuff. Uh, it's 
it is so incredibly satisfying to fine tune all of that. Um, and if you're that kind of person, if you kind of like trying to be as efficient as possible, it's really, really cool. And I wish more games would do it because a lot of times in JRPGs, you get that like generic, all right, be more aggressive heal here, focus on healing. And you end up having a lot of times where your party members don't function exactly as you want to when they're automated. Um, and that doesn't happen in Final Fantasy Twelve. Like, mm-hmm. you are in total control of every single thing that they do. Mm-hmm. And I was also thinking about it, it's just nice where there are just basic situations where, it, like, let's say a party member is down, like, yeah, revive them. Don't make me Actually hit the button, go yeah. into the menu, select white magic, select raise, do it. Like, just take care of it for me. Mm-hmm. And again, talking about the flow of the game, it just speeds things up. And because it's speeding things up, I'm not getting sick of the battles. Um, and and gamuts are, are a big part of that. Yeah, but that speed up helps system. a lot. Yeah. Uh, is it Gilgamesh, the guy who's got the swords from all the different Final Fantasy games? Yes. Never beat him when I played through Final Fantasy twelve. I would love to play through this again and beat him. Sure. He was you hard. Can do it, Kyle. Um, I couldn't beat him, but then I just I gave up and decided to finish the game, and it was super easy at that point. Because yeah. uh, I like grind, grinded like crazy. Sure. Um, the trial mode is brand new. Well, I mean, it's what is it, it was in the Japanese only version, but the trial mode is basically you have a uh, hundred battles, and you take what you do is you take your party from the base game. You basically carry them over into the separate mode. And you do a hundred fights, and every ten fights that you clear, um, you get a reward. Oh, cool! Um, and is it like an arena battle thing or something like that? Yeah, it's basically an arena battle. And so every single, so you have stages. So in the first stage, you're just fighting rats in the sewers, like you do at the very beginning of Final Fantasy XII. But then, like the last fight that you do from the first set of ten is you're fighting Belias. Yeah. Um, and that gets progressively harder. And what's really cool about it is they've specifically designed it so. You can't you your whatever gambit system you set up. There's no one gambit system that will carry you through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like even in the first ten fights when I was yeah. taking my early on party, the first half was good. But once I got to six, seven, and eight, uh, it was you're fighting so many enemies in some of these battles, um, and they're all doing different things to you. Some of them just do a lot of raw damage. Some of them are inflicting a lot of status effects. That it's a really fun condensed version of the best parts of that battle um, system. It's cool. That pleases me hearing you say like you can't just use one kind of strategy to get through it all. Right. Because like the base game, I put Berserk on two party members and I controlled the healer. Yeah. And I just crushed everything in the game. Yeah. But that that's very nice. I'm glad that's in there now. Yeah. The thing that I'm... You, you talked about how you were able to kind of use the gambit system to your advantage to break the game. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if there are going to be like job combinations where you can very much cheese it. Oh, I'm sure there will be. That's gonna be. Um, I mean, that's... It's hard to avoid in a lot of, like, most games. Mm-hmm. Like, someone will dig deep enough and find something, probably. Yeah, uh, what, I guess the ultimate takeaway for me with the Zodiac Age is I was, we're, we're doing a Don't Skip on it that might be out by the time that you see this, where it was like, okay, because this is a remaster, because it's a game that I've played before, am I just going to play enough to do that Don't Skip and talk about what's new and why that matters, or... Am I going to like it so much? Is it going to be good enough that I want to play it? It's the it's like the thing I want to play right now. Great, that's good news. It is really good. Good news. It is a great remaster. Um, Excellent. I I already liked twelve a lot, but I feel like this is bumping it up even cool. further. Great. My personal Final Fantasies. Uh, the next game, the last game that I want to talk about before we move on, is a game that just came out on Friday in Japan that Whoa. I've been dipping my toes into. 
Gundam versus. Oh. <laughs> of course, it all makes sense now. Did you in, so you imported this? Uh, yeah, basically I bought PSN digital codes off of PlayAsia. Oh, and gotcha. I just downloaded it off Dude. of PSN. High core. Uh, Gundam versus is super intense. Uh, very high skill ceiling. Really? Yeah. Wow. But That's not what I expect. I am having so much fun. <laughs> oh, man. So Gundam versus the way that it works is you're in these 3D battle arenas, and it's, it's all about managing your boost. Everything, everything is about managing your boost. Um, so you can, like, shoot up into the air, and that takes up your boost. You can dash. That'll take mm-hmm. up your boost. You can do different variations of that dash. Um, but you can also, like, you'll go, you'll, you'll have your laser swords, right? And you'll run up to somebody and you'll melee attack them. You can use your boost to chain that attack and make it longer, to extend your combo, basically. So boost is also your combo extender. And so you have this really great balancing act where they're shooting their weapons at you, and ranged weapons are generally easy to dodge, but to dodge them effectively, especially if you're fighting multiple people, you're going to need to use that boost. You're also, because everybody can move so much, you're going to need to use your boost to close in the distance. You're also going to want to use your boost to chain together combos. Hmm. And so when you see, like I got online and I fought somebody and they were just so good at it, they completely destroyed me. When you see good players do it, the way that they move is so precise. They're not just spamming that. They're... they're they know, like, they'll harass you, they'll do long-range shots to get you to dodge to waste your boost to the point where you can't get away, and then they capitalize on it and do a huge combo on you wow. by using their own boost. How many players in a match? Um, it depends. You can do one-on-one. I believe you can do, like, 4v4 oh, as okay. well. I was just doing 1v1. Okay, cool. was the, the one that I was doing, and then I was doing offline stuff as well. Um, there are a ton of different Gundams that you can choose. Yeah, I, tell me about the roster, Ben. Yeah. I, <laughs> tell I, me this roster. I don't know the whole roster. Okay. Um, there's a lot. But my favorite was Turn A Gundam. Okay. Yeah. Turn A Gundam was so much fun because uh, the default setup, you're using these two, these twin laser swords, and then your ranged attack, your default ranged attack is not just a laser gun. It is these giant chain on, ball on chain, mm-hmm. spike ball on chains that you're throwing out there and mm-hmm. hitting them with. A uh, ton of fun. Um, Barbados was fun as well. Spent a lot of time with him. Tell me about that Death Scythe, Ben. Didn't play Death Scythe. Ah. Not yet. Not yet. They're in there. They're in there. Um, Which version, though? It's got to be in there. But the controls, like, the controls take some time to get used to. Um, and I find myself using the D-pad um, to get those precise boosts. Like, to guard, oh. you hit down on the D-pad, and then you hit up, and you hold it. Oh. And so it's not block? just like a... Yeah. Weird. It's not... Because it's, it's an arcade game first, right? Right. It's an arcade game first, so it's coming from the arcade. Yep. And uh, you have different, so basically as you get hit, uh, you're building up a gauge that will, you can choose two different modes. It's basically like your super mode. Um, And one is more about control um, and another one is more about damage and speed. And so you want to think about the Gundam that you're choosing and then which super mode you want there. Mm -hmm. Um, And for those that have played a lot more of it, I'm probably frustrating them, but I'm just dipping my toes into it and it's a lot to take in i was yeah. not expecting the level of ben, yeah i, I did not expect you to say a high skills cap or ceiling for this game i was like it's a yeah. gundam game it's probably gonna be real simple no but you Jeez. you have to i mean if you're playing the computer on easy well yeah, yeah you can just blast away from them on a distance but if you really want to get good and you want to learn and you want to take people online it is a learning process cool uh you're really gonna have to buy your head against it but like 
playing it for a couple of hours when I started and just awkwardly kind of shooting at people versus the end when I was getting combos together, when I was like, when swarms of lasers and missiles would be coming at me and the game gives you the tools to kind of like thread the needle, go, go through all of those, hit them with a melee attack, chain that together. Like being able to do that felt so good and so satisfying. It is awesome. And that was single player? There's, so there's, there's cool stuff to do single player There's cool too? stuff to do single player, yeah. So um, there's different ways that you can do single player. There's free battle, um, but then there's also like stages as well where you pick whatever Gundam you want um, and then you go through a series of stages and they'll, they'll have like branching parts where it's like, okay, do you want to fight these guys or those guys? Um, and even the jump, so I did the easy ones first, even the jump from easy to normal, the scale of what you're fighting and what they can do and how much pressure they're applying to you, it's a pretty significant jump. Um, and so I'm excited to go through all of the normal and then all of the hard and just slowly learn mm -hmm. the systems of the game. Cool. So, Way cool. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And I was worried about playing it in Japanese that it was going to be hard to understand and figure things out. No. If this is a game that you want to play, uh, it is... The language barrier is low here, I would say. It's coming here, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's coming here. It's coming here in September. Very cool. So, yeah, it was awesome. Good stuff. Kyle, Brad, as Gundam fans, do you have any other questions? Any, or what, what is your interest in Gundam Versus, I guess? So, uh, I played Gundam Warriors. I don't remember if that's the actual title, but you mm -hmm. know the... Uh, Dynasty Warriors Gundam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and to me, it didn't feel Gundam-like because... I was just slashing people down, mowing sure. them down. Didn't have the weight of what I admire in Gundam series. I'm giant robots clashing against each other. Yes. And so that's my question is, do you feel do you feel like they're giant robots or do you feel like they're video game characters pretending to be giant robots? No, I feel like they're giant robots. The weight is completely there. And okay. I think the way that the, the boost system is designed, um, like in Dynasty Warriors Gundam, it's so easier for you to go from point A to point B just constantly attacking, just never stopping. Mm -hmm. That's not the way that it works in Gundam Versus. I was saying that you could do these pretty cool, like very agile things, but the way that it works is like, when you're boosting, it's like you, you're you boosting and then you're stopping and you feel the Gundam kind of hunker down and then you take the shot. There is absolutely a weight present. Cool. Um, like when you go and you take a shot, the reason why you miss so much is because of the weight of your Gundam. Uh, it's... It's like you have hitting somebody with a range attack that's good takes a lot of effort. Like awesome. I feel like it would if you were piloting an actual Gundam. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to kind of describe. I don't know if I'm doing it justice, but yes, that sense of weight is totally present. Um, how are the battle arenas? Like, are they all just a big open area or are there levels where you're in a city where you could take cover behind a building or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's definitely there. Um, and the arenas do play a factor. Uh, they, so, they, like, there's this desert area where the different rock formations, it will change, like, what attacks you can do that would be successful. You can use that for cover. When you're in a city, the buildings will definitely uh, absorb some enemy fires. A enemy fire, if you're clever with it. Yeah, it, pl it cool. plays a, a factor. Very cool. There's nothing... And anything that I've seen where you have super crazy environmental effects yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but where you're fighting definitely does bear some consideration. Great. Um, yeah, like if you if there's a mountain ridge that you want to get to, right, that's going to take a significant amount of boost. So if there's somebody waiting for you up there, you're going to want to factor that in. Like, do I, I do I go in for the attack? Do I go to the, the end of this mountain before I come in and get my boost back? All that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Cool. That's a factor. 
Any other Gundam versus questions? Are you guys going to play this? In September. In September. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can wait. Okay. Yeah. I'm not as hardcore as I you are. I can see a uh, future tournament game. What's the... Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. Let's do it. Uh, what's, the, what's the hype level for Gundam versus? Seven. Okay. Five. It was like at a two before, Ben. Because I thought it was going to be bad. Okay. But now you're saying it's like high skill ceiling. It sounds more in depth than I thought. Okay. Like, I need to believe it. I need to play it to believe it. Kind of thing like that. Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, Gundam games usually aren't super in-depth or amazing, I would say. But, like, it's a, it's a higher hype level than Assassin's Creed. For me? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Probably Gundams. not. Gundams. Brad, Like, I on. love Gundams, but... What giant robots are there in Assassin's Creed? I don't know. But, like, how many great Gundam games can you point out to me? Mm. Not too many. Point out two. Though, though apparently Versus has always been pretty good. Okay, well I've never I've never really heard of these games. Yeah, yeah. Like point out two other great Gundam games to me. That sick Super Nintendo Gundam Wing fighting game. That's like, like I don't think that's actually like a great game though. It like, probably it's is cool. Not. It like it's is cool not. that they're I really like I really like Gundam Battle Assault. I don't think I could argue that it is an amazing game. Yeah. But it's an exciting game. Yeah. It's a different exciting thing sometimes. Yeah, the what's what's the name? I played I played the hell of it. I have it. You watched me buy it again because I loved it so oh, much. Oh, the Dreamcast, Dreamcast Gundam game. Yeah, I oh, loved cool. it when I was a yeah, kid, yeah. but it probably doesn't hold up that well. Sure. It's probably, like, not great. What is the name of that game? I forgot. Xeon uh, in the title? Is it, like, Operation Xeon something? I don't know. A million people streaming at us right now. Oh, yeah. There's a PS2 game Oh yeah. that came out at launch two that was like Federation of Xeon or something. Oh, yeah, that was not good. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, there was a PS3 one. No, it was not good. There was I, a PS3 like launch game too. It was maybe, it was P- maybe it was PS3. It was bad. Maybe it was PS3. Yeah, it was bad. The point is it's underserved. It is. It, it, there's, yeah. there, should, there should be God-tier excellent Yeah, Gundam it's a crime, really. It's a crime. giant robots are inherently fun. When PSVR was announced, I said, where's the Gundam? Where, when do I get my Gundam? Come on, Japan. I just want to hit the buttons in the cockpit. That's all I want to do. Yeah. yeah. That's all I want to do. Uh, two analog. Well, you know what? You hold the move controllers like this. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's so cool. Duh! Yeah. Gunham versus is a good time. I'm excited to play more of it. I'm excited to learn more. I have an abundance to learn right now. Um, but it's fun. It's fun figuring it out. It's a game that I feel like I can slowly pick away at when until the English version comes out. Yeah. Cool. And then when the English version comes Do out, it all no again. one's gonna have any idea what they're doing. <laughs> You're gonna school us. Right. Yeah. Get on the right. leaderboard, man. Exactly. And that's gonna feel that's gonna feel great. But it's time for Otake. Ooh. Oh my god. Try and make it abrupt. I don't think that one was I haven't heard, I haven't been on frame chop in a I while, the so that was kind there, of startled me. There was no chop. There was no chop. This is new era, dude. New era. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was so worried about getting the time code, and I wanted to do it abruptly, but I didn't even do the chop. That's funny. And I think I've dishonored the Hotake now, and I think if you dishonor the Hotake like that, you don't get a chop. I can't do a chop now. Oh, you cannot. Damn. You cannot. That's, That's a Regis rule, even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Always the Regis rules, man. <laughs> um. So I, I have one little tiny Hotake. Sure. That I don't think is going to take us very much time, and then I have the real Hotake. Okay. Which one do you want first? Let's give the let's give the appetizer. Okay. We don't really do lighthearted Hotakes, and I didn't think this was good enough to kind of be the first full foray into that. But I, sometimes I don't think it always has to be uh, something that is trying to be serious. Sometimes it can just be fun. Um, what makes a good summer game? Hmm. 
Good summer game. What makes a good summer game? Hmm. So the first one that come to my, came to my mind right when you asked that question uh, is Digimon World. <laughs> Why is PlayStation Digimon World One a good summer game? That is a grinder. Yes. That is a grindy, grindy, mean grinding game. Mm-hmm. And just great for the summer. You have days. You go to bed and you wake up and it's like, oh, the only thing I have to do today is play more Digimon World. Yep. That feels so good. And uh, that's the reason why it's great. It's it's something you can come back to. There's just this world you're going to spend time in. You feel like you're progressing. You feel like you're, you're uh, giving it more time than you could have during the school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, summer game, I immediately think of a game where I have a ton of time to play. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I played Dragon Quest Eight in the summer. Nice. And, like, that's all I did all summer. Yeah. And I was like, this is the best. But now that I'm older, it's, like, way different. Like, what is a good summertime game to me now? Right. I, I do always think of it from the perspective of a kid. Uh, but I, I agree with both of you where you just you have that game where it could take three months to finish. Mm-hmm. The Dragon Quest Eight, the Digimon World. Mm-hmm. Um but I also think just devoting yourself to one multiplayer game is a really good summer game. What are you mm. thinking of? It could be anything. I think you could pick League of Legends. I think you could pick Overwatch. You got um, Lawbreakers pick... coming up. Give that a shot. Right. But I think a good summer multiplayer game is a... What I think is essential to a summer game is the want, the desire, where it's oh. like, I've had to put this off, either being good at this or finishing this or mm-hmm. accomplishing this task. And now I can do it. So I don't think... I I think rarely is it a game that you just try out and happen to get sucked into. I think it is a game like, oh man, I've been wanting to get here in Overwatch. And so finally go for maybe it. it's Final Fantasy XIV for you? Right. M- that, that's the other one I was going to say is MMOs. MMOs are great summer games. Yeah. I have some incidental summer games from my college years where it's just I couldn't play this game during the school year. And then so it's like, oh, hey, it's, I can totally do this right now. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is that for me. Oh. It's like, oh, I can it's, I can play this right now and just had a great time. Right. Uh, I, uh, you know, I was home for the summer, and so it's like, oh, let me plug in my old GameCube. Let me plug it in my old TV. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I played through Pikmin. Pikmin's a really fun nice. summer game for yeah. me. I have really positive memories oh, about dude, that. Oh, dude, sorry. I got Mario Sunshine. Oh, it's a it's great like a prime summer summertime game, game oh, dude. It's such a good yeah. summer game. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. That game came out in the it, summer. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't have to be Miyamoto something knew. new. It could just be. Yeah. It could just be. I just want to feel good. Yeah, yeah, like feel good vacation at the beach. I also think summer is a good time to atone for at least one sin. Yep. A game that you've always felt guilty about missing. Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah. Final um, XV. I'm gonna play because I never played it. Is Chrono Trigger the DS version? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play that. Yeah. Does that have the anime cutscenes? Uh, yeah, I think so. Sick. So I it's like it the definitive version. I think then. it's the definitive version. I'm oh, not so sure, cool. but I think it is. Because I was watching the speedrun. I was watching the speedrun and watching uh, Frog do a momentous thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best. And it was maybe like, the best moment of that game. And there's just, if you play the PlayStation 1 version, it's just a sick anime cutscene. It is. It's emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And so if that DS version is missing it, Brad, not definitive. If I don't care what it, you say about the loading. I'll, I'll look it up on YouTube after. Okay, okay. Fair this enough. is this is not the time or place yep. from this. And because I've, I've been getting into conversations with various people about Chrono Trigger. And there's some people out there that think it's just nostalgia. And I, I, I understand it. I get it. I think the way that Chrono Trigger is talked about is, is it's just treated with it's treated with that very special kind of reverence where it like almost can't be questioned. And I yes. do think 
from an outside perspective, it's easy to go, oh, well, it's just your memories then. Mm-hmm. You're not providing actual reasons. You're just saying, oh, no, of course it's just good. I feel like I have a list of super real, super justified, like, no, I'm going to point to these things in this video game to say why it is perhaps the best Japanese role-playing game. I sure. want to do that. Hall of Greats, man. Mm-hmm. Hall of Greats. Oh. Yeah, it's that, when that one Ooh, comes up, I'm going to be That like, one would walk in, man. It's like, uh, it's walk walk in, be yeah. it's like someone comes yeah, with Chrono Trigger, and I'm like, well... Yeah. That's it. Walk it in. Wrap it up. Yeah, I love like, that Like, we pick. shouldn't be able to, like, bring it in. Don't bring it. You're not allowed to bring, bring it, it in. Bring it in. Yeah, bring it in. Or just, you know what? Just put it on the, the list already, you know? Just put it on there already. It's no, already one of the greats. I do. I think it's I think it's better than Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, I think I think it it's it's worth talking about. Kyle, I would have voted for Chrono Trigger over Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah, me too. In a second. Uh... I think you could make a case, Ben. I, I guess I get like I could play devil's advocate for that. It won't walk in, but we, we could. I could provide resistance if necessary. Like who's gonna challenge it? It'll be up to me. You? Yeah. We were talking about soundtracks. Yeah. And I was, I was talking about how good the soundtrack in Chrono Trigger was, and I remember. Brandon not being convinced, so maybe there would be some resistance from Ooh, Brandon. Nice. Like that's I don't it. Want to that's all him. we got. Yeah. But. That's it. Like, Blood's, like, championing that sucker to the moon. I don't want to play two inside baseball, but what it would take is Jones bringing Final Fantasy VI. So, Jones with VI would be trying to take down okay. Chrono Trigger so okay. that VI could get That's going to get messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it would take. That's going to get messy. I think Final Fantasy VI is an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. You could make a very easy argument for it being the best Final Fantasy game. I think Chrono Trigger is better. Ooh. I think you can prove that Chrono Trigger is better. Then I'll bring in Secret of Mana and everyone will just boo I mean, me out of the room. Boo <laughs> you out of the boo room. me out of the room. You're like, come on, guys. <laughs> Walk it in. Man, video games Walk are the best. In. We don't have a single Zelda game in there yet. Not yet. Yep. We don't? No. That's unlike us. Yeah. It's going to be the old, the old Link to the Past thing coming in. Everyone's going to be yelling at Kyle. No, yeah. I think the first one to go in will be... The Ocarina. original? No. Oh, Ocarina. Yeah. Or the original. I can see the original. I tried so hard to get Link's Awakening in. I thought that would be the first one in. I You're was so close. happy. I was not close. I got one vote. Right? Oh, yeah. It was tough tough stakes, man. Again, that's, we're just... Let's yeah. have a conversation, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before, we, before we move on to the real Hotake, I want to ask you guys, if you were a kid in the summer, no school, yeah. no responsibilities, nothing to do, what would be your summer game? Can't be a game... No, I'm not going to put that stipulation on. What would be your summer game? Like, one we haven't played? Or just... Can be anything. Or if we're a kid, if you had if nothing kid, today, today, today yeah. if you were a kid, you had nothing to do till the end of August. Let's say. Um, I would play through the Yakuza games, Ben. All of them. I would try to get through as many as I could. Okay. They've been haunting me for way too long. Good answer, Brad. I got a weird answer. Uh, RPG Maker Fess. Ooh. Uh, it's this really cool. It's a great answer. It's a 3DS one where. Anyone with a 3DS can download your RPG for free. Yeah. How very un-Nintendo-like. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. If you want to make a game, you do pay for the game. You pay for uh, RPG Maker. But if you just want to play other people's games, you can download them for free. How did that slip under the cracks with them? That's crazy. That is crazy. It's crazy. crazy. And I thought about it. I mean, oh, man, I would love to make a little 3DS RPG, but it would take so long. And the idea of it being trapped on the 3DS is what's discouraging me from actually, like, putting time Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. But if I got infinite time, yeah, I'll make a little RPG for 3DS. Absolutely. That's a cool answer. Do all the art. And you just, like, with a little touchpad, just make all your custom little pixel animations. It'd be so fun. Yeah. Uh, What would you pick, Ben? Uh, The Suicoden games. Oh, okay. Nice. 
Also yeah. a great answer. Well, I think making your RPG. I mean, that's, that's a, a good answer. That's a that's a great answer too. I think we all had good answers. I think we all had good answers. Great good job, answers. panel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did it. Uh, all right, so let's ask the real Hotake. Okay. Uh, and this came about because of me playing Zodiac Age. Uh, and it's funny that we're talking about, you know, atoning for games that we should be, should have played but didn't or feel guilt over or whatever. And I'm sitting here and I'm playing Zodiac Age. I'm having a grand old time. And there are other RPGs that I've either started or uh, are brand new, like Tokyo Xanadu, that look really cool and people have been talking about that I want to play. And here I am sitting and playing this game that I've already given attention to. Uh, I mean, I, I'm doing it for work, but... You know, hypothetically, let's think about these remasters where we get so excited about them. We get so excited about games that we've already played and loved to death. And not that that's, that's not valuable, but do you think remasters hurt our chances for playing something new? Hmm. Or do you think if like, we weren't going to give it attention, it was not going to get attention no matter what? I kind of feel like sometimes remasters are a good way to gauge interest in a series like a developer might have. Mm-hmm. Like, they could release a remaster of a version if they're thinking about it. Then if that does really well, like, Valkyria Chronicles on PC when it got... I, don't, I guess it's not really a remaster. It kind of is. It's a better version of it. But I think that, like, reinstated to the to say, let them know that people are interested in this series. They might have thought people weren't. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll continue on with a newer one. It's a cool question, Ben, because I think of, uh, I think of Pokemon Gold and Silver were announced for 3DS. Mm-hmm. They were? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, they're coming out, I think, in September. Uh, and obviously the answer is yes, we should all go play that. It's super fun, great games. But yeah. the, it's it's directly related to your question is that there's other games I should be playing in September. Mm-hmm. There's other ways that I should be spending that time. And you're right. To replay that game again would be taking up other time from other games. And I can see, that's, I think that's really well, why I'm it depends. about oh, it. I mean, it depends because there's multiple teams working on Pokemon games and probably like there's oh, one team. I just team... mean personally, for me. Oh, okay. Well, I think you meant from like developing, like companies bringing stuff out there. Oh, no, no I mean for my Because like time, Pokemon yeah. companies working on, they're working on a new Pokemon or mm-hmm. whatever. We know that. Yeah. But it's like, to me, it's like sometimes a nice way to fill dead space too. Oh, for sure. Like that's what kept Kingdom Hearts alive, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think... When you love something, when you're so attached to it, it's hard not feeling... Remasters carry a sense of responsibility that I think is weird. When somebody says, hey, this thing you love, we made a better version of it, Mm -hmm. it, that's a hard thing to ignore. Yeah, It's almost like you're questioning your own love if you don't experience it. And I I want to know if that sense of responsibility is valid Mm. or manipulative or... I don't feel like I have a sense of responsibility usually. Mm. It's just like, oh, I feel like playing that again, mm-hmm. or I don't. Like, I have no problem with there's a rematch. I think it's really cool, but I just don't feel like playing right now. I have no mm-hmm. problem doing that. Like, Final Fantasy X, the yeah. remaster came out. Awesome. I have it, but I just don't feel like I need to play it right now. Sure, but you... So, the re-releases of Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. you've been super on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever wish that you would take that time and spend it on totally new games? Or series that um, you haven't no. given time to yet? No, I'm okay with doing some things over again. I'm fine with sure. it. It just feels like whatever mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. I've I make I've made a habit where I don't feel bad about what I play. Sure. Kind of thing like that. Like the old play what you want to play thing we always say. So let's Brad, let's take that and go beyond your own personal beyond. interest. Do you think it hurts new games just overall from a business perspective, not necessarily from your own personal perspective? I don't know. Like I don't 
I can't think of like a killer app remaster that came out and hurt like a new game coming out that I can think of right now mm. that we actually know was affected by a remaster coming out. It's weird for me because I feel like a few years ago, maybe even two or three years ago, I was playing more independent games, mm-hmm. for example. Oh, sure. Oh, um, okay. And I mean, that I guess that is kind of changing the, the nature of the conversation, but I think because of the rise of remasters, and not only that, there have been a lot of bigger games this year, uh, that it's, it's, it's been harder for me. Like, I played a tiny bit of Dead Cells, went, this is awesome, and got distracted by a bunch of other things. Um, to me, it's like rewatching a movie or something like that. I'm going to rewatch this movie on Blu right now. Even though there's a ton of other movies out there that I could be watching, mm-hmm. I want to watch this one right now, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I can get to that stuff any other time. Yeah, so I think... I th- ben, I think other developers can't be bitter. I think that when a game is remastered, it's because it's beloved, and those games... It's the, it's the way for games to survive a long time. It's, it's for them to stay relevant and to stay current and be accessible for many more years. And so I, I don't think they can be mad that people would choose to buy those over their, over their own games. Uh, you just got to be hopeful that someday you have a game that is mm-hmm. worthy of being remastered mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds silly to say, I realize. But uh, you're totally right. I mean, th- there are times where I'll hop onto the Switch eShop and buy a game because I just want something to play on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is that. There, there is a competition. It's not really just that I'm always buying the game that I want. It's sometimes I'm just I'm ready to buy a game. Which one is it going to be? Mm-hmm. And you're right. So sometimes that absolutely does happen. And it is. I do believe that some games are 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 competing against the remasters. Knack is competing against the Crash remaster. Mm-hmm. It will be compared to that. I think. Oh, you mean like from a... I meant from like a sales point. Even from a sales point, man. Why? Think of this fall. Think of a parent buying a game. They bought a PS4 for their child. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, what's like the good kids game? Mm-hmm. And so it's Knack 2 versus Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, but they're spaced so far apart. No, I'm talking fall. I'm talking like it, it's time... You're you're buying this as a, as a holiday gift. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like Crash is a more recognizable name. You're buying Crash, man. I honestly think Crash is going to beat Knack for the year. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, people might think it's a better game. And what's wrong with that if they do? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the question is, do remasters compete? And like, they do. They totally do. I know. I think they do. Yeah, it's like, I feel like we should, like, there's so many games out there we could be playing no matter what, you're going to miss something. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you should feel bad about it if you're playing something that you just want to play. Sure. Like, you're going to play some game and some guy is going to be like, well, why didn't you play this game? Mm -hmm. Well, it's because I wanted to play this game. And no matter what you play, there's going to be some other game out there because there's so many now. There's no way we're going to play everything. You just got to play what you want to play now. I think it's particularly interesting, though, when you do remasters of big, long RPGs. Sure. Where in, in order to get through this, like, by design, you there's you're not... Like, I think there are people out there where the size of JRPGs are intimidating on their own, and let's like let there are people out there that the only JRPG they play is Final Fantasy. It's something that they grew up with. It's something that they love. And JRPGs are a big commitment. They don't have a lot of time, right? Maybe there's a new JRPG out there that they would love, another series that they could get equally attached to. But when you could just play through a great version of Twelve mm-hmm. that's coming out, mm-hmm. would you not do that instead? And again, this is this is all hypothetical, but I think it's I think it's an interesting thing to think about 
on the other side of that, does it affect our value of a game? Have you ever said to yourself, I really want to play this, but I know there's going to be a better version not too long from now, so I'm going to wait for that. Does that have uh, Yeah, I mean, with me and 15, like the DLC's right. coming out. Right. Where I'm like, oh, I'm oh, just going to wait till it's all out. Maybe there'll be a PC version. And the, and I mean, this is a whole other thing to bring in this, the patches. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 15, I'm, I'm playing a better 15 than YouTube played. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is weird. Uh, it's got steady mode now where it's like got a... Steady mode. The frame pacing, pacing issues are gone. It's crazy. Uh, but I, to, to say that like this will have a remastered version, that's not a concern. That that is, I'm, I'd always prefer to play a game as close to release as possible, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that yeah, it worked out well for me for fifteen. Um, but I went, I was thinking, Ben, when you're talking about fast forwarding through twelve, I was thinking about fifteen remastered, where you'll be able to fast forward through the car sections, mm-hmm. skip like just immediately, <laughs> yeah, easier, yeah. I mean, you, and like you can. People are confused extent, yeah. probably because you can, but you can't always do that. There are some mandatory yeah. long trips, mm-hmm. many of them actually, and long loading screens if you do skip. Uh, and so yeah, I, I think that there will absolutely someday be a version where people are having a podcast and talking about how accessible 15 is now. Right. Uh, you can't think like that. You you can't think that far ahead. It's too far in the future. Usually. Yeah. Even if like, so I, I, I wonder if even today someone's like, Hey, I'm thinking about getting shadow of the Colossus remastered, but should I just wait for that remake that's coming out mm-hmm. sometime? I'd almost say, no man, just play the remastered version. I'm, I think even that is too far ahead. You know, I'm not even sure about that. Sure. I, this is not, I guess, the the most consumer-friendly answer, but one thing that I like about remasters, and I think is totally true of Final Fantasy XII, is this just feels like the game that it was always meant to be. Yeah. yeah. This feels like a game that was living up to its full potential, and even though, you know, I, I played the first version and now I'm paying, uh, you know, a significant amount of money for another version... In a way, I kind of like seeing that evolution. I like seeing these certain remasters come out that that do take such advantage and be like, how can we make this better? How can we transform this game? Yeah. Um, I, I like that that space exists and is being used more and more. They're improving upon the base game. Right. Obviously, that's not universally true. Um, but if I love a game enough... like. If I love a game enough and I'm willing to dish out the extra money to see how it is improved, I think that's okay. I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing. I don't, um, I don't think it's wrong to get second chances. I think, yeah, remasters, I think, are a good way to get people into the series they might have not before. Like, right. if they if they ever do a Shenmue collection, mm-hmm. I think that would get people way more into Shenmue 3 because we'll have some sort of history with it. And Shenmue's a really important game story-wise. Right. Like, I think you're going to be missing out a lot on that, and people might skip it otherwise. Well, yeah, it, it's funny that you bring that up, because Yakuza Kiwami is exactly like that. Correct. Because for a, a lot of people, a lot of people that have personally reached out, Yakuza 0 is their first Yakuza mm-hmm. game, and they don't have access to a PlayStation 2. Yeah. They want to continue the story, and now, because of Kiwami, it just fills this perfect void. It's a second that, chance for right. them. Right, where maybe some of those people would have dropped off. Maybe because there's going to be that connection there between two PS4 titles, mm-hmm. it's going to get a bunch of new people in. It, you're right. It just creates new opportunities in a good way. And it's this weird thing, and I see it with Huber, and I think I see it with you, Kyle, um, and I see it with myself, certainly, where now, when I want to play an old game, I say to myself, I wish this was on PS4 or PC or Xbox One. There's just something... 
dramatically appealing about getting everything on one platform. I mean, it's oh, way yeah. easier. as yeah. few Ease as accessibility. Platforms. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll, there are times where I will get a remaster just simply for the sake of convenience. Sure, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that Hell a good yeah, thing? Are we, are we comfortable with You're that? You're allowed to do whatever you want with your money, Ben. Support the big ones. Support the ones that you love. You know, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. They are special games. When are remasters most offensive? Like a year, I would say. Maybe. I don't know. An offensive remaster? Uh, I'm thinking of... Uh, oh, what's the game where you just kick people into spikes? Oh, uh, Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm. That's I'm an offensive of, remaster to you? I, I, like, that's as close as you can get as where it's like, oh, this isn't actually significantly better. Uh, but even like then... It's cool. They're just putting out a product and seeing who buys it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not like every, anyone was cheated. Maybe you're cheated a little if you thought Duke Nukem was really going to be an integration or a stronger integration. But honestly, yeah, like I think there are worse. Okay, what do you what do you think? So, for example, what immediately springs to mind is the mobile versions of classic Final Fantasy games. Like oh sure oh yeah. The to me the worst type of remaster says. What people loved about the original wasn't good enough. We need to change it for no good reason. Where it feels like it's meddling in a way that it does not need to meddle. Or it's meddling because it doesn't understand what people love. Where where there's that disconnect. To me, those are the remasters that are just muddying the waters and making everybody angry. Hmm. Like the like the artwork in six or whatever, they changed the art direction, but there weren't sprites anymore. I think I think on most of the mobile ones they changed. Yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And I remember people hated those. Yeah. Uh, I think in one and two they're just using the PSP sprites, yeah, which is so. really good. And then I think in four, five, and six, it's the newer I think stuff. It, yeah, it just looks yeah. it's that new gross. Ooh, uh, Silent Hill two HD, where sure. like, they actually made it look ask, worse. Like, yeah. does it is there remaster that looks worse and runs worse? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a good one. Um, I think a good one is Street Fighter two on Switch. Is, is a good recent. Wasn't example. um, why can't I think of the games? You know the uh, Kojima games, um, Zone of the Enders. weren't those bad remasters? Was that a bad? They were one? first, but they actually patched them. Okay, they took it took a while and they actually patched so them. They and they're, they're fixed good it now, now. But where yeah. the PS3 version of the, I believe it's the PS3 version of the Silent Hill Collection, right? That is just perpetually yeah. awful. Yeah, and like they patched one of the versions. Yeah, they, they made things that used to like fade out into fog just very distinctly end in fog. That's the <laughs> funniest thing to me. That's not remastering it, uh, and so yeah, it. Ben, it's cool you bring up Final Fantasy XII as a way to kick it off because of how much effort they put into it. It took two years because they cared about that game. <laughs> yes, I, I do. Every time I get really excited, I'm like, man, this is such a huge improvement. I always have to catch myself, though, because really a lot of what is making it so good comes from the Japanese-only version. Oh, it's, that was already there in PS. Right, exactly, because you never right, got to play it. Right, because sure. you never got to play it. Not that it... In a way, not that it takes away from it, because it is it is still new to us, mm-hmm. but it does, it's that thing kind of in the back yeah, of Yeah, those the are mind. like the best it's versions like, of remastered right. usually. Right. Oh, it made me so mad when I would see like bosses of Kingdom Hearts, and yeah, I'm like, we never come on and fight that boss. It's like, cool, that? never got that. Yeah. This Keyblade I never get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. 
That's right. right. Everything's fine. Did now. they add those in? Yeah, we got them, dude. We got so the are you streaming the optional bosses? Uh, I might, dude. They're like the, the highest level in the game. Do it, dude. That t- <laughs> I have to grind it. You have to do it, Brad. No, I don't have to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to do anything. I want to see those optional I'm bosses. I'm already playing through the I want whole. To, I want to watch series. the stream. That's I'm all. playing through the whole series already. All, all right? right. Okay. Entertain. Tell me. you what, you could do it. All right. Are you guys ready for some emails? Yes. Yes. I got some of them on the PS3 version, though. Probably I could do. Nice. I got high-level characters on that version. Nice, nice, nice. But it's like I'm going through them again on PS4. Yeah, I get you. Our first email comes in from Andrew. He says, hey, allies. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Oh. Oh. That's like in the email. Oh, no, no. I had a weird thing pulled up. Oh. This, I actually... Lude. I'm sorry, Andrew. I pulled the wrong email. <laughs> oh, jeez. I pulled the wrong email. Our first email comes in from Tyler. Uh, Tyler says, Hey, Ben. Sent this one into the EZA podcast since you were on but wasn't picked. Seeing as it's obviously... The, you know what, I'm reading the wrong... Holy shit, I have never botched the beginning of emails so far. If you want me to botch everything you're saying and then false pick you, please send your emails in to askeasyallies at gmail.com. <laughs> this is a train wreck. All right. Tyler says, till last May, I hadn't owned a Sony system since the PS1, but I finally took the plunge and bought a PS4. One game I've been fairly excited for, mainly due to Ben's enthusiasm, um, I saw it starting during the GT days, was Persona 5. Two weeks ago, I finally bought the game and now just completed it at 100 plus hours. Two weeks ago? I'm currently in that phase of feeling like no game will ever be as good and just beginning New Game Plus. I'm absolutely in love with my first game in the franchise. Uh, The thing is nearly flawless except for one moment about 20 hours in that irked me uh, a lack of autosave. After a few times losing to a frustrating boss, Matarame, I think, I decided to take a break, close the game, and then I instantly worried. Had I noticed any autosave indication, I hadn't. And two hours of progress due to the lack of manual saving was upon me. I was frustrated, but played through again, and as, I've, as I said, might consider this my favorite game ever. This wasn't a game ruin or anything, and doesn't even change my love towards it, but it got me thinking, should all games have some form of autosave? While I agree autosaving every 10 seconds is annoying in any game, at least autosaving at safe rooms doesn't seem harmful. So yes, what's your opinion on autosaves? Good, bad, am I crazy at being frustrated at my own forgiveness? Mm. So we kind of talked about autosaves early on in the show where we said it's not a huge deal for us because we're constantly saving, but should every game have autosave? Is that just an expected feature? Can we blame somebody uh, if they don't realize that a game doesn't have it because it's so prevalent? It's definitely a choice now not to have one. It's definitely I, the majority of games are going to autosave you, and so you're, you are mm-hmm. taking it back if it doesn't autosave for you. I get that. Um, but you have to allow games to want you to save deliberately. You, I think you have to allow that. Uh, Why do you have to allow that? You can't tell every developer, hey, we need, we need autosaves. You know, it's just you're too old fashioned. I think I think of times where I've lost a lot of progress and it does absolutely suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm better on the second run. And, uh, you know, it's it's like life. Sometimes in life you lose a lot of progress. But then when you're, you're going back through it again, you're better. You, you you've learned from that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's that can be an intentional game design decision. And you have to allow it. You have to let some people do it if they want. Um, uh, so throwing this at you. Passwords. Right yeah. before saving, everybody used passwords. Oh yeah, um, Mega Man. Right, <laughs> and then it was just something that was phased out. I realized that 
this is not a one-to-one argument, but do you think it's okay for some things to just be universally accepted? Like that if, if you're playing it and you expect it to be there as, as a basic feature, that that's okay? Or you're saying that 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 freedom is important and could be used in a creative way? Yeah, and not necessarily a creative way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, you know, Persona is it, it is it is about making deliberate decisions. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I can see why there's not an autosave. I like the idea of it presenting an autosave just when you walk into the safe room. That kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, we're saving mm-hmm. it now. Uh, why not do that? But uh, I do think it's a deliberate decision. And uh, I don't know. I don't know, Brad. I mean, uh, you I got your all Persona 5. Um, it could be a balancing issue. I've run into games before where I've gotten to a certain location and let's say I wasn't high enough level mm-hmm. or something like that to get past the part, if it was autosave, I'd be stuck there no oh. matter what. I wouldn't be able to go back and maybe grind before a certain scenario. I had um, Final Fantasy fifteen. I had a subquest I was working on glitch out on me, and mm-hmm. I had to load a manual save. My two autosaves were too recent. When I, when I loaded those, it was still glitched. I would have never been able to accomplish that mm-hmm. subquest if it wasn't for my manual saves, which I think is kind of cool. But... Isn't that kind of avoided if the the choice for auto saving and manual saving they give you plenty of slots? I mean, if auto saving has a pick your slot, then so a lot of games you'll have several manual slots and then you'll have like a guaranteed auto save. This was kind of cool. About fifteen is yeah, it is a good compromise. Yeah, I mean, have I like yeah. I like both. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's optimal for me. But I could see why they would want a manual save compared to an auto save. Because mm-hmm. like, let's say I got stuck on the last day of like in Persona, the last day to, like, fight a guy or something like that, and my characters were too weak to beat him. I was playing on a harder difficulty or something like that. I wouldn't be able to go back and load an old save to try to correct that error, so I'm prepared for the fight more now. Yeah. Can I tell you something that I wish more games certainly had? Sure. Even playing uh, Zodiac Age, it was driving me crazy. I hate this. It it gets on my nerves. So I save a lot because I want to be prepared. I want to have the option Mm -hmm. to go back. I don't want to lose progress blah 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 even though there's auto saving in zodiac age i hate that that sound the ps4 menu sound where it goes but but would you like to save yes okay which pick your slot okay i'm picking the slot watch the bar go up to 100 percent. then it comes up with another screen it's like you've successfully saved and you hit okay again on its own not that big of a deal it's fine <laughs> but when you're doing it Hundreds of times. I hundreds know, of times. I don't know. Games still use that. Yeah, yeah that's, oh, a bunch of games use. That's like yeah. in the PS4 menu, actually, not within that's the game. So weird. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of games. That's are really using weird. Yes. Maybe maybe because it's an older game, like well, a remaster. Well, a lot of Japanese know. games specifically use it. Um, and I just want quick saves. I just want to be able to hit a button on my controller or a sequence of buttons on my controller, and it goes, "Yep, we're taking care of the like PC style in the background in a dedicated quick save slot, exactly like PC style." Okay. Yeah. Some console games have done this. Why doesn't it happen more often? I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with manual saving, but I think the time that you lose from constantly manual saving can you just want get to save whenever you want. Right. I feel like we are at a point where saving should be a relatively painless thing. I feel like though with the save room sometimes it's like it's like almost getting through a level to the next save point. Like, when you're going through Persona, like, they're treating it, like, almost as a separate level when you're going through this section of a palace. Sure. When you reach that next save room, it's like beating a level 
within right. itself almost. Right. Yeah. I Okay, so that I will totally concede with you, uh, where getting to that point where you can save in a mm-hmm. dungeon in Persona, yeah. there's there's a struggle to get there. There's a relief yeah. when you get to that room. It's built in. But if you had to go to that PS4 menu and get a load... Sure, sure. yeah. Right. Like like that, man, I would right. run in that in forever. Yeah, right. That's funny. That's what I'm saying is... I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm just saying, do I do I have to click all of these You want buttons? it more speedy. Right. More accessible. Just like, yeah. Yes. Streamline it. Yeah, Streamline sure. It. I totally get Make that. Make it better. Uh, on the other side, I love uh, Souls games for uh, not even giving you the option of manual saves. Right. It's just I, like, I too bad. Just like, wait, I didn't want that to happen. It's like, that's what happened. But. That happened, man. It, it's just, it's constantly saving. You never have to think about it. it you're yeah. not being taken out of that world to go yeah. to a menu to say, oh, yep. <laughs> yes in, in a way it almost relieves a lot of the stress where have you ever had that point in a game where you're like okay I have three slots here how do I want to use them when do I want to overwrite oh, yeah. Yeah. when do I want to use that third Careful. slot and it puts yeah. a lot of stress on you and you're right when you're playing souls it's just like no I'm I'm just fucked yeah. I have to be okay <laughs> yeah. Being yeah that's what it is yeah it's acceptance yeah, yeah. it's acceptance it's beautiful alright our next question comes in from michael uh i know gamers love playing mini games often one after the other but have the allies ever had a similar situation where they felt the need to wind down after playing a game or that they just didn't want to play another game so soon after finishing one wait i'm confused by his question sure uh let me rephrase it uh when you when you finish a game do you ever have that desire to kind of take a break to 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 let that game breathe or it's just it was such a big commitment so he talks about in the email before that uh playing through persona 4 and how much of a commitment that was <laughs> yeah do you feel that way with games ever where you just you get so you either get so emotionally invested or it just took so much time one whatever the reason is where you don't immediately want to jump into another game you want to give yourself sure yeah a day a week whatever it is some sure yeah of time absolutely i've felt like that before okay what have been the causes of that um I mean, it could be just a, ma- a, a lot of playing in a short period of time mm-hmm. where I just need to not play a video game. Sure. Or that it's just so impactful on me, I just need to take a minute to soak it all up. Do you feel like you have that opportunity with this job? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. I mean, it just depends like on what games I choose to play, though. Hmm. Brad, I feel like there's not a day that can go by without you playing a video game because of our job. Why not? You got to play every day. We got to be playing games. Why? When when someone's playing a certain type of game, why do I need to play that game? Well, you if, need to be playing a game every day. I mean, I'm playing games, uh-huh. but why do I have to play it every day? Why do I have to play a game every day? The, the, the clock, the clock keeps ticking, man. But what if I just spend a lot of time one day playing the game? Mm, okay, that balances up. Checks out. Instead I of just like, playing 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't spend a day not playing a game, but recently a lot of that has just been because the games I've chosen are so big i'm surprised yeah. you're near the end of final fantasy 12 that was crazy no 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 i'm not i'm no, not, he's not. no oh, okay no no no. i'm oh, not no. i'm at I'm like 12 hours into final fantasy 12 got it got it no, 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 no yeah i've got a long way to go yes i'm not at the end you're not ready to take down gilgamesh no 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 not at all so cool the swords um not at all. i the, the times where i enjoy taking breaks from games are vacations yeah, exactly. You're not playing a game all, every day when you're on vacation. Yep, yep, yep. I, I like that. I use vacation sometimes to play well, games. Though. Yeah, you're, you're a little yeah. different. Yes. That's cool, though. I mean, if you feel like playing, play. I think, like, the worst example of what this question's asking is uh, I was I had uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, 
and then Breath of the Wild mm. uh, owned it. I had a Switch, a brand new Switch, and I had Horizon mm-hmm. Zero Dawn, and so I just crunched it. I crunched Zero Dawn so hard. You just played it to get through it, though. Yeah, that's and, why you played it. And then that night, like ten minutes later, I started up Zelda. Like that was that's too. I needed a bigger gap. Yeah. That, oh yeah. You know that's not giving enough attention to either of those two games, uh, and so uh, I, I do think there is value to. Here's one of my um, my locked and loaded takedowns. It drives me crazy when a movie ends, credits start, and people just jet out of their seats and go. <laughs> like it's like you didn't even process a second of what that happened. Like like just imagine like finishing a book, reading the last page, and just standing up and running out of the room. Right. And that's what uh, people do. It's, it's like it's like refueling a car. It's yeah. like you're only there for as much fuel as you need to put in the tank and then you're gone. Yeah. There's and, no... And I get I'll, it. Maybe they have to go to the bathroom. I get... Well, maybe well, they probably have to go I to the bathroom. I think it depends on... They're also on, just movies. Yeah, that, I think yeah. it depends on the movie. Like, yeah, if yeah. I'm seeing Transformers, Kyle... I don't need to sit there for five minutes and think about what I you just gotta, saw. I think even with Transformers. Well, I can think about it when I'm walking away. I don't no, need to sit in my seat. Have you ever had anything, though, where it's just like, I I have no intention or desire to appreciate this. I just need something to turn off my brain. I just yes. need I just need anything, just a piece of trash to put into this hole and just to fill this block of time, I don't want. I actively don't want to think about. Yeah, it. Yeah. Do you watch I, an episode of anime coming after every episode of anime? Just sit there and think about it for a minute. You gotta watch the credits. Yes. <laughs> I, I skip the credits. Yeah, yeah I skip the credits. Uh, yeah, I think I do. I think brains need the time to process things, and mm. so I, I do get it. I think that even after like a Persona Four, yeah, take a yeah, break. Yeah, but we for could sure. do more than one thing at a time a lot. You can walk out of that movie theater, Kyle, and talk to your friend about the movie you saw. You don't need to sit there to think about it. I gotta sit there. I gotta see those credits. Well, I gotta that's you. Not everyone needs through. to do that. It drives me crazy when they don't. Brad. I could watch Transformers with Mike. And it's and like, walk come on, kids! Here. Come on, kids! Yeah. Like, no, no, sit, well, just think about what just happened. Come on! Well, I saw a bunch of robots fight. I saw yeah. Optimus cut a robot in half. Okay, kids, time to go. Come yeah, on, let's come go. On. We got a busy schedule. Think about where that movie started and where it ended. How fun is that? All those people that left the theater, <laughs> if they came back, like let's say there was some bizarre situation where you yeah. had to interact with them, yeah. they'd be starting off on the wrong foot and they would have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea why. They're like, yeah, that guy didn't really seem like he wanted to talk to me. <laughs> no idea. Um, for there's, there's another element. This is my own question, but... It's something that I've noticed recently where I feel like I've, within Easy Allies, like I've kind of chosen a path where there's a lot of games that I like and there's a lot of games that I want to play. Um, I didn't talk about it on the show, but I played all of uh, Wolfenstein The New Order after E3, and that was Whoa. like, that was a nice thing to do. Um, but Good summer I, game. Yeah, like there, there are games that I want to cover, and it's not that like you guys aren't interested in this genre, but like there are certain games sometimes where I'm like, I feel like if I don't talk about this, I'm not sure any of the other allies are. And that's not necessarily a slam on you, but I think all of us do that, right? I think there are certain games that you talk about, Brad, or that you talk about, Kyle, with VR, where it's like, I've decided that I want to talk about these games. I want to invest in this thing. Yeah. And obviously that takes away from other things. Um, Like we all don't have the same tastes in games like that. So I think that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. But do you think that can be a negative thing? Like, there are a lot of times where it's like, man, I want to play Overwatch the way Brad does, or I want to, like, even just pray. Like, I want to play through pray, but I don't. Have I mean, any I time think it's. Pray. I think it could be a, affect something if we're actively like we know we're going to talk about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're going to do a spoiler mode or something like that, but you don't actually finish it all or something like that. Sure. Yeah, that could have like a slight issue in it. Mm. But I think for most things, it's fine if only like two of us or three of us know about it or talk about it. 
Like, how long do we need to talk about a specific thing? Yeah, I just I always think it's an interesting struggle when you're talking about games, um, and I don't even I don't think it's a struggle that just speaking for myself, I'm not going to speak for Easy House as a whole. There's always a struggle between diversity and depth. Sure. Right, where you want to you don't want to be a one trick pony. You don't always want to be playing the exact same thing. You want to have enough diversity for your audience, right, uh, to keep them interested and just to talk about more things to give yourself different perspectives from different genres from different games but at the same time you want to be able to talk about something with at least a little bit of depth Mm -hmm. you want to have some knowledge some expertise sure and finding that balance i think is ever shifting and very very it's a case-by-case basis for everything every game that comes out too absolutely some games are transformers some games are transformers some games are transformers yeah all right let's take this home our last email from isaac I'm very excited to play Metroid Samus Returns, even though I already played another Metroid 2 remake. I anticipate that the conversation about which one was a better remake of Metroid 2 will be pretty evenly split, since they both feel like an updated Metroid 2, but are different enough from each other that one can't easily be crowned the best. With this on my mind, here's my question. What game do you think could benefit from having two remakes crafted from the minds of two unrelated studios slash teams and the resulting two interpretations would complement each other. I really like this question. Good question. There was a smirk there. I thought, oh, I thought maybe you had one locked and loaded. Oh, no, this okay. is a challenge. Yeah, I don't this, was thinking the, about the this. The smirk was uh, just presented with a good challenge. Hmm. I think kind of a cop-out answer is like pre-NES games. Like Atari games, sure. Like Atari games, where yeah, the, the you can just you have so much liberty Freedom, with what yeah, you can from do. Like what it was, yeah. Um, that it'd be interesting. I would to like see. to see someone. I would like to see two versions of Act Razor, and see how that turns out. That's a good pick, Brad. Why do you want to see two different versions from Act Razor? I just feel like they could be so different because Act Razor already is like a really weird game, and it's like yes. two games in one already. I would love to see how one fan handles that and how Square Enix would handle that. Right. Interesting. Uh, I got one. I don't like this. Oh. Let me just be clear. I don't like this. And it's already been remade. I'm talking about Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. One thing that scares me about Metal Gear Solid is I worry that a, a, a newer generation finds it impenetrable. And I'm just talking about the PS1 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of what they're used to. Because they just played five, maybe. And they're used to those mechanics. And so I think we could do two remasters of that. I think we can make one very true to the original, more true so than um, uh, Twin Snakes even. Uh, and then one that is more modern uh, in its mechanics hmm. and <laughs> has like loot in it. You know what I mean? It's just something that teenagers would like. Teenagers would like loot, I think. Uh, Kyle. What? No. Yeah. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> like, I want teens to play Metal Gear Solid. I don't know how to get them to play. I, and I think if I show them that PS1 game, the teens, like, roll their eyes. And so I, I want the teens in, Ben. Kyle. Huh? There's a point that every, <laughs> that every person must make where they, they realize that they have to adapt to something and the thing doesn't have to adapt to it. Okay, all right, I got it. I got it. I actually, I think I got something that teens might like is uh, making it look like the Yoji Shinkawa art, the yes. concept art. 
Okay. Like just laying on that aesthetic onto mm-hmm. the entirety okay. of Metal Gear Solid. And so it just visually stands out. Maybe that's what we need out of this is something just like visually striking so that when people see it immediately, they're like, wow, that looks interesting. Yes. Actually, I would really like that. I would really, really yes. like that. And so it, it, it is like, it's, it's like a little washed out. It looks like that really cool, just painted art style. Um, that'd be so cool to see actually a Metal Gear Solid told in that sort of visual style. I, exactly. And I, I also feel like the Amano art has never been like fully translated into oh, a game. Man, I would right. love a game like that. I would love it so I much. I would too. Kyle, I, I do feel like I was being unfair though, that I shot down your loot idea. Perhaps <laughs> no, no, it was readily. right. You made the right call. Perhaps you made the right call readily, to shoot that But down. I just, is there, is there something beyond getting the kids in? Like, do you think there's any way that that could actually make it a better loot? game? No, 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 no. Like it would have, it would... The modern version of it would have experience, it would have levels, it would have meters that raise as you play throughout that game. But it's like <laughs> you're getting you're getting your hands dirty. You're yeah. doing something purposely wrong to get them to see the good. Yeah. And I kind of I mean I see it. I see it all over that kind of thing where it's just like this isn't the best way to do this, but it does give you a wider audience. Uh, I, I get it. I want teenagers to play Metal Gear Solid. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. That's why we get two versions. I get the other one that's extremely faithful. Yeah. Hmm. When you when you sort of allocate one of the remakes to be just completely wild, maybe even wrong. Yeah. It gets really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like what if you what if you take Chrono Trigger and you take away the turn-based combat? Mhm. What if you do that? Yeah. Chrono that, Trigger by the way, that would be some sick remakes. Yeah. Yeah. Would they? Yeah. Cuz I feel like you would have to be so on point with how you made that game look. And I would not envy hmm. anyone, mm-hmm. anyone in the world trying to remake that game. Yeah. Because, you know, even like 3D. even Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 still doesn't look right. You're still not quite there. But do you know what does? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did they do that? <laughs> it looks so good. Um, okay. But, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's where that's the, yeah. that's the Chrono Trigger aesthetic. Just... I wonder how um, Valve would treat Half-Life 1, since there is the Black Mesa. Yeah. And how they would approach that remake and what they would do it's differently. It's VR, dude. It's VR. It's yeah, VR. Yeah, it, I would assume they would be... Like, I always thought Half-Life 3, if it ever came out, it would be, like, VR space or something like that, because they're so behind it. Mm-hmm. But it's never coming. <laughs> it's never happening. It's never coming. Never happening. What do you have, then? I, what would you do... If you said, okay, there are two companies remaking this, they both have to do it in different ways, could you arrive at two different ways to do a great Symphony of the Night remake? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one is 2D and one is... uh, 3D? Yeah, third-person perspective. No, it's first-person. No! Yes! Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. First-person casting. Is the 2D one sprite? Uh no, it it sprites in, in in the same way that uh, uh Dragon Ball Fighters is. Mm. I just think that there's people don't a, a big studio doesn't have that skill set anymore. It seems like if somebody has it, it is Arc System Works. First person. Yeah, yeah, and then the other one is first person Castlevania. Oh, man, that'd be crazy. It's like Bloodstain, you know what I mean? Like Bloodstain should have been sprites, but they're like yeah. it's just so much easier to do 3D models. It's like all right, okay, all right. Hey. First person, dude. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't get over that. Brad, it's, so it's gonna be so good, dude. It's already so good. But I'm just thinking of Alucard's m- movement in yeah. first person. Yeah, you backdash for most of this game. 
Like, you can't <laughs> see where you're going. Yeah, you can't see. <laughs> this... You were talking about blood stain and how much yeah. easier it is to do 3D models. Yeah. And how depressing that is to me a little bit. Sure. Um, like, not that King of Fighters 14 doesn't have some cool things going for it visually, but you compare it directly to King of Fighters 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something's like, lost. Something is, something is lost. Yeah. And I realize, I think what will break me, where I will become just a little bit more cynical, is if they make a new metal slug. And it's, it's shitty just that. 3D models. <laughs> I'm going to die. Be, yeah, that would be bad. That would be bad. <laughs> that would be not right. That would be somehow worse than any of the others. It absolutely would be. I mean, I adore Metal Slug. Metal yeah. Slug is fun to play. You can pick it up and immediately you're having a great time. I'm not trying to take anything away from how it plays. Mm-hmm. But come on. So much of the appeal of Metal Slug is the way that it looks. Oh, yeah. yeah those giant All, dude, sprites. A the lot of those Neo Geo games are. Oh, absolutely. But, but like, like Magician Lord? Like Metal Slug specifically. Mm, yeah. Some of like the like the crab bosses. Yeah. Just look, like, like, yes. just look at, the, look yeah. at the tank just rolling. Oh, it looks so, so good. good. It's really, really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, ugh. It's weird, it's weird to take this into sprite work talk, but, like, Street Fighter 3 still looks better than 4 and 5. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No question. <laughs> the animations look better. It's so weird. And I wonder if there's if there are people at Capcom who said, okay, actually, we're doing uh, six as sprites. Let's go. Right. I wonder if the team is ready to do that. I wonder, if, like, what? I'm hoping everyone just looks think- at Arc System Works yeah. and be like, oh, let's just do what they're doing. Yeah. Do you think that will that could happen? Where you sort of have the reversion into old styles, uh, it's from- independent. I think indies do it, you know. But I don't. I don't see AAA ever going that ever. way. Ever? You don't think it could happen? No. I think it could. That'd be. I nice. think if the response is negative enough. They did enough, with Mega Man. They went back in time with Mega Man. Right, that was sick. That was sick. Like, yeah. I realize that it's not exactly the same thing, but I don't know if Resident Evil Seven would exist in the way that it does, were it not for the response of Resident Evil Six. Yeah, you're probably right. Like negative backlash has yeah. to create. Probably just gotten bigger and bigger, more Call of Duty as it went as it went on. I really want to play Metroid: Samus Returns. Me too. too. It looks. I never beat super Metroid good, too. But I want to know for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm sold by the counter, the counter attack, and the weird way that you can aim in a 360 degree radius is kind of cool too. Do you wish it was sprites? Yep. yep. I, I kind of hate 2.5D. I kind of hate it. Because it kind of tosses out the idea. If you're playing a 2D game, you can kind of accept that the character is not going in and out of the environment. But when it's 2.5D, it's like, why don't you just step to the side, man? <laughs> why are you doing this? I really there's we not know a lot why. of there's not a lot of 2.5 that I love to be honest with you. Donkey Kong, uh, Guilty Gear. Donkey Kong is not 2.5. Everything's like three dimensional in the background. Yeah, but it just looks so good. Yeah, I guess I mean like 2.5D like go. Where you can see it like really far away or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I like, see what you're saying. Uh, this will happen in in the new uh, Return of Samus or Samus Returns. Samus Returns. Samus Returns. Because uh, the original one is yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, you'll walk into a room and the camera will like tilt over. Oh, it's like Samus, I gotcha. just go over, just go over there. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the tilting of the camera, I guess, is where I get sure, stalled. sure, sure, sure. Kyle, you break me sometimes. <laughs> because now that you say that, it annoys me too. Yeah. Those little things in video games where 
you're like, why don't, why can't you just do this? Now this whole thing is tainted. Now every time I encounter this specific situation, yeah. I'm going to be thinking about it. I am able to eject that from my brain. Yeah. It takes a considerable amount of effort, but I'm able to do it. You, more than anybody else, reminds me that it's there. <laughs> and I have to go through that removal process <laughs> once again. Whenever I see a mouth not move in a game, I just think of Jones. I think of Jones. <laughs> it, yeah. Like I was playing near, I was playing near and their mouth still move and they talk. And I was like, oh boy, damn you, Jones. It's just like it's just like a clog of hair at the bottom of the, the, the shower drain. It's like, okay, all right. Yep. 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 And you, you have to take care of it. Yeah. You have to take care of that. Like yeah. now, yeah. now when I see the mouth not moving, I have to be like, okay, Jones, it. Jones would freak out about this. Yeah. <laughs> That's been an episode of Frame Trap, I guess. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Brad, I for guess. being on. <laughs> uh, this is one of those episodes I don't have a temperature read on. That's what happens when you have me and Kyle on one. Yeah, uh, I'm afraid to actually, I won't even read the comments because I'm afraid of spoilers. Sure. Uh, That's a good position to be in. Yeah, Yeah. so like I I don't even know. I don't even know how people will receive this one. Yeah. Feels good. There's there's something dangerous about it. There's something something that that could go either way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I take full responsibility though. If you want to send your emails, I'm sorry I bungled that so horribly. If you (laughs) want to send in your emails, have us discuss them, have us bungle them. Email askeasyallies at gmail.com. If you want more of us, we're Easy Allies. Mm-hmm. We talk about video games. We write reviews. We write analysis. We do a bunch of different shows about different things. Uh, you can find us over on patreon.com slash easyallies. That is actually the best way to support us as well. Mm-hmm. That is our main source of funding. So we can keep doing things like this. So we can get better. So we can remaster ourselves. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Look at that. Sprite work. Until next time.